Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fire. This is the Pyro Podcast, show 272. And goddamn, are we fired up to get back into the fantasy football goo, drop the knowledge on your domes. We've been away for three weeks. We're sorry. We've been tending to the other things around the site, including uh, the draft kit and all this good stuff that we'll mention and promote during this show. But this show we're calling a Midsummer's Night Fantasy Dream. Good, good stuff. On this show, we're going to be talking sleepers, busts, explosion players, and implosion players. As usual, I've got Houdini across the way from me. We're doing this via a Zencaster. We're not together. Dini and the Shy, I'm sitting here in Michigan. What up, buddy? Hey, it's, it's, we're, we're across the lake from each other. True. The big True. lake. True. Hey, Dong, where's, where's Grandpa's car? Lake. Big lake. <laughs> oh, nice. Is that 16 candles? Correct. Oh, my God. Houdini, you came up. Before we started the show, you came up with about three pop culture references, and that's the first one I got. So, good. We're on the upward. Anyway, good to talk with you. As we said, uh, moving into this, you know, we really haven't been um, – We've probably taken more time off in this last three weeks than we've almost ever have. I don't. I can't remember three weeks in a row that we haven't done a show since starting this. You know, literally six years ago. Uh, so shame on us, but you know what? We deserve it. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes we got to clock out for a little bit. Clock out, and we're you know we're working yeah, on a lot of other a lot of other elements and good stuff. So worth but- it. We clock back in with extra passion and extra knowledge. So let's let's go ahead and let's let's. You know, wreak havoc on their brains with some uh, fantasy goo. Cool. Let's definitely do it. Um, all right. Basically, as I said, sleepers, busts, explosion players, and implosion players for the 2017 season. Um, basically, I'm going to start out here and D-Rex. My first sleeper is Mike Gillisley. Uh, I am on board. I'm on the train. This is a guy, as I've said on previous shows, that won me a championship two years ago uh, with that week 16 performance. I believe he was playing up against uh, uh, well, it was Dallas. So in 2015, in week 16, my championship game against Dallas, the guy had 93 yards and a touchdown, actually had a touchdown called back in that game. Ever since that moment, a last-second plug-and-play, I saw him um, warming up with the team. And uh, you know, at that point, he was on the Bills, and we knew that Shady was going to be out, and he was going to be a, a first-team uh, running back. I put him in the championship. He literally won it for me. So I'm all on board with this guy. Uh, all around, I think he's basically – it, it, this is crazy, but for players that have uh, that have run for over 150 times in their career in the NFL, um, he's got the highest yards per carry in NFL history. Wow! Yeah, so he's like the other guys up there with him are I think it's Bo Jackson and Jamal Charles. So this is a guy that gets yardage on each carry, um, which I is what I love about him and what I always thought when I when I was watching him play for the Bills like god damn this guy can break them never seems to really get stopped um long and short of it I I was blown away by that um that stat which I think is crazy but um and and you you like him a lot as a now let's first of all understand he's going as the 28th running back off the boards right now 
uh, in in uh, ADP. So you're waiting until you know sometime in the sixth round before you have to grab him. So the question I have for Value. you is that he's on a, a fantastic offense with uh, New England, but there's also a lot of mouths to feed in that backfield. So where, how are you feeling about where he is in that pecking order? I think he's definitely number one. My, I, I liked Rex Burkhead when they made that signing. I was, I thought it was a good one, but obviously, you know, they were willing to sign his tender and give up a fifth round pick for him. Not that a fifth is some early round pick or anything, but they're paying him. Just so you know, they're paying him. He's got like the, uh, he's got the 16th highest. Uh, running back salary in the NFL this year. So it's not like he's just some throw-in. And that's after they gave Rex like $3 million a year, who's basically going to be special teams now. I'm all in on him getting the lion's share. I don't think the talent they have there. The only thing I was worried about is LeGarrette Blunt re-signing. He's in Philadelphia now, and this guy, as I'll talk later, I'll let you go and inter- interject here, but I think he's much better than LeGarrette Blunt. Yeah, and LeGarrette Blunt's a guy who I'm, I'm – I- I worry about for this year, but you're putting him into this New England offense. We know that, and, uh, and Staggs has, has points out that you know Gillisley is not a great pass catcher, but at the same time, he, if he gets that work zone and in, in the, the work workload in the red zone, well, that's entirely possible. And again, when you're talking about Legarrette Blunt, so I look at him as a fantasy value, especially in standard leagues. It's ridiculous because he's going to get the early, often opportunities to be that guy in the red zone. With the weapons that they have in New England, they're able to spread defenses out, and that's why LeGarrette Blunt was able to score 18 rushing touchdowns last year. You know, Before, I don't think he'd ever, it was one time I think he'd ever had uh, double digits, or otherwise it was a seven was his most. Well, and I, that's, that, that's it. That's huge. I think LeGarrette Blunt was essentially made them one-dimensional and so he had a great season obviously scored a ton of touchdowns uh he had a thousand yards as well so just a great all-around season but he made them one-dimensional when he was in the game you knew what they were you knew what the Patriots were up to he's not good out of the shotgun which is something that I feel like uh Gillisley fully is um so the, the Patriots run a lot of out of run a lot of plays out of the shotgun and Gillisley's just going to be much more bet much better out of the shotgun. I agree he's not the greatest uh, pass catcher, but he's still in the game and he can catch the ball. So when LeGarrette was in shotgun, it was like no one was really worried that he was getting the ball. Uh I- I get that, but at the same time, you still do have Deion Lewis, you do have James White, you do have uh, Burkhead, so you do have these other players that are going to be the primary receivers of the backfield. I mean, look, I mean, are, are you tell? I, I'm not, I don't expect him to have more than twenty receptions on the year. Well, I don't know. I don't know about that. I do. I, I do. I, I, but I, I know. I hear what you're saying with Lewis. I think is done. I don't think they're too concerned about him, but I do think James White is, is a great third down back, and they're obviously their premier pass catcher. Um, I don't know. I, I, I really, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna risk that sixth round pick, and he's gonna start moving up because the buzz is gonna start happening. He's on a, a, a team that dominates in fantasy running, but Gillisley for me at the value, I trust his body, I trust his um, resume, and he's going to the perfect situation. I almost feel like it's a, it's a under the radar 
um, Corey Dillon type of signing where this guy now is going to be just like by week four, you're not even going to be talking about these other guys, Burkhead and, and Lewis really. Uh, And it's going to be Mike Gillisley there. It's going to be another bill Belichick steal guy gave up a fifth rounder and nothing got him was able to stick it to him and they got their running back. So I'm all in on him. Uh, Let's go just so we don't make the show too uh, crazy. Um, Let's go over to your, uh, one of your sleepers and, um, let me know who you're rocking out. You want to go first, uh, Amir Abdullah? Yeah, let's do Abdullah. So okay. you know, he's going three spots before, three three spots higher than Gillisley as far as running back. So he's the 25th running back that's going off the board. Um, I just like what he brings to the table. When you look at, you know, obviously he got injured last year, but the benefit is that he got injured in week two. Um, before he was injured in week one, he had 12 carries for 63 yards, good for 5.25 yards per carry. He had five catches on five targets for 57 yards. This is even with Theo Riddick on the team and he scored a touchdown. Then before he gets hurt, he had six carries for 38 yards. So at a clip of 6.3 yards per rush. He has immense talent. I don't see anybody else there that really super scares me in Detroit that's going to to take away from him. Theo Riddick is not the guy that's going to be all of a sudden become a 225-carry guy. I understand that it's going to be – he's he's kind of in a committee, but I think he's going to get more of the work in the red zone even though he only has four career touchdowns. But remember, he didn't get – a lot of early work as a rookie and he you know had had different players that were taking those those opportunities from him to play devil's advocate and i i like this guy i like this player a lot but i think during the show let's ask questions and and give a different vantage point just so our listeners uh can can get that and just so you mentioned stag party's not on the show with this obviously but basically he he gave like a quote-unquote devil's advocate kind of approach to every call we make on the show which i think is awesome um kind of puts the stag party spin on it and you get to hear about what he thinks on some of these guys um while he's not on the show but here's one thing I got with Amir Abdullah as far as your red zone call are you worried about Matt Asiata the poacher of all poachers I don't know why they signed this friggin guy but they did he's signed to a one-year deal doesn't that kind of scare you a little bit that this guy friggin is now going to be poaching shit off your your boy you know what? It's absolutely a concern, but at the same time, why would they sign this guy? The the poacher of poachers is because, you know what? There is still injury concern for a guy who's coming off the injury that he is. So, I understand where they're looking for at least a guy who they can easily give him more of a that dimension of running attack, even if he's just going to be a, a three yards in a cloud of dust because that's all Asiata really is. But again, you don't have the Theo with Theo Riddick there. You don't have someone else that you can hand the ball to 15, 20 times a game. If you want to have that balance in your offense and be able to do that, and Amir Abdullah gets hurt, I think that's why they they went for insurance when they went with Asiata. Are you worried about Zenner and Riddick? Who I mean, I think I like a Riddick more than than I like a James White. Uh, I like for PPR and being a third down back, and I like Zenner. You know, more than I like Burkett, just kind of bringing in my guys. Are you worried that this is a crowded backfield? 
No, because at the same time, I look at it this way. I look at it that it's not going to be like, oh, okay, we're going to have Amir Abdullah be the the main, you know, the running back, and uh, and it's going to be uh, Theo Riddick who's going to be the receiver. I think it's going to be a lot of sharing. So, but I think that when it comes down to when you look at the at the end of the year, how many rushes is everyone going to have? You're going to have Amir Abdullah is going to be over uh, 200 rushes. He's going to be sitting around 50 receptions, and I think Theo Riddick is probably going to be sitting around maybe about a 110 to 120 rushes at the most, and you're going to see Zenner's going to be there around 101, too. Maybe maybe uh, Theo's down closer to 90 to 100. So I, I still think Abdullah gets the major workload. I don't think that he's you know obviously it's a it's a committee backfield, so they're going to spread the wealth around. But they have a lot invested in him, and they need that uh, dynamic player out of the backfield. And the combination of him and Riddick, both who can. Catch the ball, but Abdullah, who at least can run inside the tackles. The crazy thing about Abdullah is watching that um, All or Nothing on Amazon Prime, uh, that show about going through the whole season for the Arizona Cardinals, is they were so bummed that the Cardinals were that Amir Abdullah got picked like one, like right before they were going to grab him, and then they were able to wait and get David Johnson. <laughs> they had the face. They like were really like we got our guy Abdullah, and then one pick before they went, like happens in fantasy drafts. The the, the Lions, I think they might even moved up or something. Took Abdullah. All their face like, oh my god, and they ended up getting David Johnson. Uh, last thing I'll say on Abdullah, I'm I'm a fan. Is he is he doing returns for him this year? Because if that's the case, keep an eye on that. And you're in leagues that reward for uh, return yardage. Uh, Abdullah can give you an extra boost in that game because in college uh, he was definitely um, a great returner and all that sort of good stuff. Yep. And he is a good pass catcher. He, you know, he's someone that can do it up. So uh, last thing with him, Liz Frank, that injury, remember last year it was his foot. They didn't even renounce until like two weeks ago that it actually was our dreaded and our disgust over many podcasts about players. Last year he had the Liz Frank foot injury. Are you worried about that? Yeah, I mean, but again, the thing that makes me uh, not as concerned is that it happened in week two. So you're talking about, you know, a lot more time to heal than had it happened in week 14 or week 15. Yeah. Um, All right. The next one, I'm not going to even really provide too much stat. Uh, It's kind of hard to do so. but I'm I'm just going by heart here, uh, and, and and a fan, and hoping that uh, these guys uh, didn't uh, didn't make a, a shitty seventh overall pick for our Chicago Bears. But Kevin White, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna roll the dice on him. I don't let me look at what the ADP is on Kevin White right now. I know when I looked at it last, it's a little higher than I had thought it was. But let's let let me do a double check here. Kevin White now. 53rd wide receiver off the board. So you're getting Kevin White in the 12th round. This is a guy, middle of the 12th round in a 12-man league. This is a player that went first-round talent, uh, basically broke his leg. First year, second year, going in his third year, and he's essentially played four games, um, maybe three and a half, maybe three. Uh, but he started in four games in his career, last all of them last year, missed his entire uh, first season. I'm I'm gonna take a 12th round flyer on this guy. That all of a sudden uh, he is what everyone thought. This is a four three guy. This is a big bodied guy. When I was watching him in those four games last year, in moments you could see 
an impressive beast. Catch the ball, spin it, turn it up, and he was just fast, had some good cuts, and looked like he was hard to tackle. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? I, I'm the Bears don't have anybody else of major value. So when he's if he's out there, because that's a big question, can he stay on the field? If he's out there, he's definitely the most talented receiver that they have. Um, I'm I'm concerned because it's the Bears. I'm concerned because it's John Fox's offense with Mike Glennon running the show. Um, I just don't know how solid it is. But at the same time, you're talking about a 12th-round flyer, and you're talking about a guy who can take a bubble screen and then take it 50, 60 yards. So I, I, I see it there. What's interesting is I'm going to throw a guy in really quickly so we can kind of talk about them together, one who I've – Recently put on my list, didn't have him on there before, but now that Eric Decker got cut by the Jets, a guy who's being uh, on the uh, ADP one pick below Kevin White at 54, Quincy Anunwa. So I love him from, from the Jets. Uh, he's, he's a work-hard guy. That's the thing that you love is these work-hard guys, and that's exactly what he is. Uh, with both Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker there last year, he still had 105 targets. Converted that into 58 catches for 857 yards and four touchdowns. So, you know, I, I look at at Anunwa as they must feel extremely confident about him to be able to say, okay, goodbye, Eric Decker, and we're going to move on from from you. Um, and I, you know, now it's also good for Robbie Anderson there too. But both of these guys, White and and uh, Anunwa, are. are hampered by the offenses and the quarterbacks that they get. But that's why you're getting them in the 12th round. I love Anunua. I really do. He passed with flyers my eye test last year. And when I watched my – every time he made a great play or he was getting thrown the ball, I was kind of like, who is that guy? He's That's a thick beast. He's like bigger – he's more like Antonio Gates. He like makes Terrell uh, Owens kind of look small. He's a big boy. And he was being, I liked everything I saw. So I'm down with that program. I like both of them. Um, I think uh, we can move on. I mean, I think with White, like you said, it's, he's missed 28 of 32 possible games in his career with the Bears. Uh, That's seventh overall pick, first pick of Pace's uh, career um, and Fox together. So we'll see. I think that we're going to be better offensively than and as a team than people give credit for. And again, it's an ADP thing. It's an upside thing. People are off him. I think it could turn out. Let's go to your next um, uh, sleeper. Well, let's go let's go let's go back to one of yours because I just gave you a, okay. I gave you one in Quincy Anunwa. So let's go to yours. We'll stick. With I didn't the, have Anunwa on that list. Just I know. So I, know. Know. That's what I said I just added him on because okay, of okay. Decker thing. So, but let's go to. How about Marvin Jones? Let's stay at the wide receiver. You got Marvin Jones. He's the 48th wide receiver going off the board. You're waiting until the 11th round where you can grab him. Uh, that's an offense that looked pretty good last year. Yeah, I think here's what I'll say about him. I like him more in a best ball format. Uh, I think he's the kind of guy who's going to have a, a, a few big games. Um, I think he's a tough guy outside of a, a deep flex league, um, a, a big a big team league to really feel confident, even as a wide receiver three. In all honesty, because he's going to really drop a lot of a lot of uh, you know uh, bad games on your on your head. But what if Quan being gone, Ebron su- continues to suck, 
What if he kind of bottles it up and does what he did in the first four-ish, five, four games last year, and he can do it over the season? I've read some interviews that say that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to make sure, hey, he knows that he basically had started out hot and he was sucked down um, the stretch. So, excuse me, my point, my hope for him is that he can bottle it up in a way that he can do it over the whole season. Obviously, we know that Bradford, I mean, Stafford can get him the ball. We know this is a passing offense. He's a good player. He's he's shown in his time with the Bengals and with them that he can throw up some huge games. He's had three touchdown games. He's had a 200-yard game. So for me, that's my big thing. I like him in best ball. Quan's gone. And another thing that I really like about him, and this could bite me in the ass, but I love this kid, Kenny Galladay, that they drafted in the third round out of Northern Illinois. He's 6'4". He reminds me of Randy Moss. Uh, he's going to be awesome. So now that's a wide receiver three instead of slow and lumbering Anquan Bolden, where I think that's going to open stuff up for him. Now, can Galladay maybe be better than him and take his thunder and be the wide receiver two by week five? Yes, he could. Uh, I, think he, I, th- I think that highly of him. I am way, way down with this guy. But in general, I think it's good offense to be on, and I like, I like a Marvin's opportunity. Now I'll play I'll play the devil's advocate here for Marvin Jones and I and I'll tell you what though but I mean I love I love it because it's a solid floor okay if you look at what he's done he became a starter his last year in Cincinnati he only started 3 games in his second year in Cincinnati and then he was a full-time starter with Detroit right um actually started a couple games as a rookie too but in his second year, he had 51 catches for 712 yards. His last year with Cincinnati, 65 catches, uh, 816 yards. Last year, 55 catches, 930 yards. So he, I, I, the worry for me is that he is what he is. He's a guy that he's never gotten more than 100. He had 103 targets uh, with Detroit last year. He had 103 targets when he was with Cincinnati. Is that appreciably going to go up? I, I don't I don't know, especially with Galladay there and, and everything. But if you want a, a player that – Gay Galladay, I like that. I don't think he'd like, hey, Gay Galladay, come on, let's have a big game. Yeah. <laughs> Not there's anything wrong with that. Did I, yeah, did I say his name wrong? You call him Gay Galladay. Gay holiday. <laughs> I don't think I did. I think maybe the, 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 you got, I had to skip on the microphone. Regardless, it's good. Sometimes I make things up for the sense of ma- yeah, uh, making someone works. laugh. I'll take it. So I, I just think that you know I don't see him ever being uh, 11, 1200 yard receiver. Uh, but if you want to get your your solid eight hundred yards, and I agree with you, better in a best ball because he does give you big game performances at least once a year. Totally. All right, let's go to uh, let's go to a guy for you in the sleeper zone, um, and you know, let's go to Samaje Perine. Love that guy too. I'm excited. I want to hear what you have to say about him. But I am on board. I I think I had him the highest in our tiers. Um, I have him so high. I don't know what it is, but go on. Yeah. So I I, I just like him with the opportunity with what you have there in uh, in Washington, right? Uh, the fact is, he is a, a big boy. Uh, he is five foot eleven, two hundred and thirty three pounds. Uh, right now, where he's going is at the thirty seventh running back. So you're you're getting him in the eighth round. You know, you got Rob Kelly who's going right before him uh, and. Uh, 
two picks at running back before him. I'd rather take the, the unknown and the upside with the rookie. I'd rather have all the things that, why would they have gone and spent a draft pick on him? Yeah, okay, so for the early part of the season, or maybe the first two or three games, it's going to be Rob Kelly's show, but Rob Kelly's not going to probably do anything that's going to be like, wow, we have to keep Rob giving Rob Kelly the rock. It's going to be, hey, let's go see what Sam J's got going on. Sam J, Sam J, however you say it. I agree with you, man. You're going to have to move this guy up in your tiers or else I, I don't really see him. Uh, but the uh, I've got him at 17th in my tiers. Um, super, super high on this guy for the same exact reasons that you talked about. And this is very unlike us, and we kind of talked about this before the show. Uh, we agree on a lot of stuff, and that's very unlike a, a pyro podcast. Uh, we don't want to have this be an agree fest. But I am fully on board with Samaje Prine. He's uh, tier number four for me at the very top. He's my 17th ranked running back. So my uh, latest batch of tiers. I got him ahead of Adrian Peterson, Ingram. I've got ahead of Abdullah. I mean, I really, really like this guy. For I love that offense. They need they need to a stud running back to think what they were able to do last year with those the garbage running backs that they had. This guy is going to come in right away and make an impact. Now, can he get the yardage per carry that they you need to? I don't know, but he's going to get the opportunity, and he might just be that guy that runs with it. And he's also going to be the guy who's going to get the work in the red zone. So with with that size, uh, with that ability, also remember, they don't have Pierre Garçon. They don't have Deshaun Jackson. So they are relying now on Terrell Pryor. It's going to be a different type of offense. They're going to probably try to stabilize it a little bit more with more running attack. That's why they brought this guy in. So, you know, with that size, with that ability, I, I just I think it's a great, great call this year. I agree, and he's a three-down back. So you might you might see being start seeing a lot less of Thompson and uh, Fat Rob. Never good when your nickname starts with the word Fat. Uh, he's going to pass him pretty quickly, and I, I don't know. I like I like Fat Rob as a uh, a change of pace guy. Uh, he'll get a couple series, but he's a jag. There's nothing special there. Brian's got the body; he can catch the ball out of the backfield. So I'm down with that program. Good call. Um, my next guy is going to surprise some people, um, I think, because everyone hates his guts, including me. But my next sleeper is Kobe Fleener. Um, for me, I just think. Um, I'm willing to bet that he just had a bad year. I think, you know, to, uh, Drew Brees usually is a, delivering a, a top five or six tight end. I'm not putting uh, Fleener into the class of uh, uh, Jimmy Graham, but I'm putting him above Ben Watson, who had a huge year with him. I think he just had a tough time. Um, a lot of changes were happening in that offense last year and a lot of weird things, in all honesty. Brees will be Brees, and I think Fleener will uh, round it out. I like him. I think people are overdrafting Thomas a little bit. I like the you know the janitor in Sneed, but um, Fleener, I believe in him. I think that his ADP right now um, – is favorable right now in like MFL tens, which is where you get the most kind of traction on ADP and people drafting. Um, he's the going as the 15th tight end. I feel real confident that if I wait on a tight end, which I don't usually do, I'm probably going to go high on a tight end. And I just like to have a good tight end and have a tier one guy across the roster. But I'm going to tell you right now, he's going to be a top 10 at least tight end this year for that team. Yeah, you know what? I was the guy who was high on him last year, and I, I was the one that, that paid the price for being high on him. But by being high on him last year and, and other people that were, and a bad year, 
he falls back into being very favorable in ADP. And talking about him being one of those players that he is what he is, <laughs> he's had between 50 and 54 catches in each of the last four seasons. He has topped 600 yards in three of the last four seasons, and he has scored uh, his touchdowns. He had a high watermark in 2014 with eight, but the year before he scored four in each of the last two years, three touchdowns each. Now, he also only started eight games last year. Remember, he kind of got benched. So I I do agree with you now that Brandon Cooks is gone. um, They didn't really do anything else at that tight end position. It's it's still, what, Josh Hill? Um, So Fleener is still the better option. You know, Michael Thomas is going to have his issues. We'll talk about him later, you know, in the sense of, you know, trying to be the man uh, and getting all the extra coverage. Fleener's going to get better opportunities. And I think that the extra year with Drew Brees is going to pay off. And I think you're you're right. At a, at a value at the 15th tight end, you're, you're getting a, you know, 600 yards from a tight end is, is still good. Uh, no, absolutely. Right when you said that, I was like, if we could throw up on the screen a stat of how many tight ends over those three years have had over 600 yards, it's going to be a lot of the big-name guys that you're thinking of. So, Fleener, we'll see. I just love Breeze. And like you said, they lost Cooks, and what did they add? They they, they added more power at the running game with, with Peterson and, the, and, and um, Kamara. I, I just think... Right now, I like again. I like Snead, but he's more of a layman, a work guy. I mean, I think Fleener's got some opportunities, so we'll see. And again, I think you'll know in a minute whether this guy gets it and is caught on, or whether it's just a, a signing where his relationship with Luck uh, when he was over at the Colts and them both being Stanford guys and playing together for a while uh, was the reason why he was doing some good things there. So we'll see. I'm a, I'm willing again. I'm a, I'm. He probably won't be on a lot of my teams because I am going to go and use that fourth, fifth, sixth round draft capital and go with a higher guy. Um, and that's just the way I am. Last year I was able to get Kelsey basically in every league in about the fifth round. Look what he did. He was the number one tight end. You can do that every year. So let's move on to your next uh, your next sleeper. Um, and that's, I know, a guy that you really like, Paul Perkins. Yeah, I I really do like Paul Perkins. You know, uh, everyone's talking about, hey, well, are you worried a little bit about uh, Wayne Gallman coming in, uh, who ironically is not that much bigger (laughs) than than Paul Perkins. Paul Perkins is five foot ten, two hundred and and what like two hundred and fifteen pounds or two hundred ten pounds, and. Uh, the other guy is uh, six five foot ten two oh eight yeah five ten and the other one is six foot two hundred and fifteen and and get and just the the guy the other guy you mentioned out of Clemson he looks like a wide receiver he does yeah. not look, he does not look like a running back he looks like a guy that was either a D back or a wide receiver that Clemson was like you know what we need this we we don't have a great running back right now and this guy's the most talented guy around so let's put him in. I can see him, in all honesty, changing positions at some point in his NFL career. Well, what's interesting is you don't normally have a lot of successful running backs that are six foot tall and, and, and six foot and taller. Because the problem is, you're more of an upright runner. You're getting a bigger target for the guys to hit. So you're you you, you know the guys who were the best upright runner ever was Eddie George. You know, is this guy Eddie George? Eric Dickerson. 
Yeah, but but Dickerson because he had the the speed that was just ridiculous. You know, Eddie George didn't have that type of speed. Gallman doesn't have that type of speed. Absolutely. Remember one thing about Gallman though. When we were doing that uh, rookies tab for the Pyro draft kit. We were surprised that he wasn't like the master of anything, but across the board, he was like he was athletically a stud. Didn't never like was was elite in anything, but everything he was he was like above way, above the median. So uh, he's a good athlete. Uh, well, let me let me let yeah, me finish on Perkins because uh, so let me see what uh, I don't know what forgot what his average. Draft position is. But. I'll talk about what Stag says quickly, his little interjection. Basically, he says, Paul Perkins, while you're looking this up, um, can Perkins hold up over a full season? Question mark. Good question. How much is Shane Vereen used on third downs? Good question. Like you brought up, will uh, Gallman take the short yardage and goal line work because he's bigger? That one, I think we, 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 I agree with you on, but those first two questions, great devil advocate points that are, are worth bringing up. Go ahead. Well, and, and here's the fact they're going to have definitely have parts in this offense. You know, I'm, I'm not sitting here expecting Paul Perkins to become uh, a, a 260 carry with a hundred targets in the passing game, but I'm going to tell you what, he's going to be 250 uh, probably touches. Uh, when the whole season's done, and I'll take that those opportunities. I'll also take those opportunities while on an offense that is going to be able to spread uh, defenses out, and they're not going to be focused on on Perkins. So he's going to be that that other guy because bringing Brandon Marshall in there to play with OBJ when you have Sterling Shepard, when you have uh, all these other dynamic players out there it's going to keep defenses on so there's no one that's ever going to be stacking the box uh to stop paul perkins and again sixth round is when you're getting him 31st running back overall he's the starting running back for the new york giants yeah. i'll take it i know it's a small sample on the rookie year but look they drafted him with the intention that he was going to be their running back of the future because they had rashad jennings yeah, and, and Rashad Jennings is gone, and the whole big worry was that maybe that Lickerett Blunt was going to get courted by them and sign, and then that's a whole different deal. Again, they haven't really done that much, so I agree with you. Good call. Uh, anything, any, Whatever else you want to say on Perkins, and then we'll go on to the next guy. No, I, I got nothing to say on Perkins, but uh, I'll tell you what. Our, our agreement is going to come to an end on your next probably three players. <laughs> And we just gotta we gotta understand on these uh, yeah I, well two of them I understand completely um, and here's here's all I'll say and I'll I'll lump them together because it's crazy that I am kind of interested in these guys and I just want to make I want to make it clear that I don't think Jared Goff is essentially draftable and I feel the same way about Brock Osweiler but as a sleeper what I think is these guys could. At some point, <laughs> be valuable. I don't know what that means. I don't know how that's going to happen. But Goff is a guy that I think, with his new talent, he's got uh, with the new change of scenery. Hopefully, a little time under his belt. I think he'll be surprised. In all honesty, this I should take these two guys away from sleepers, and let me just do a caveat for them. These guys, I think, will surprise you. It's not. I don't think sleeper is the right call because I don't think that Goff's going to have some you know three hundred point season. Uh, I don't. I feel the same way about Osweiler. If Osweiler gets a starting gig, watch out. I think he could be okay. But let me say that 
Let me change that from sleepers to surprisers. Uh, and I, I, I think that Jared Goff and Brock Osweiler are going to surprise people um, this season. You're laughing. I'm laughing because they, it is going to surprise. They are going to surprise people this season. They're going to surprise people this season when you're in your drafts and people like you go, Jared Goff. See, I just said though before that I won't draft either of these guys. I understand, but I I'm, won't draft either of these guys. So they're not draftable, and that's why I don't want to make sleepers into something that all these guys mean. You're drafting them, and maybe maybe I got carried away here with these two. Admittedly. And my other, I did three quarterbacks on, on my list, and the other one we've moved down to the bottom. So I wish we had moved these guys too. And my well, other quarterback was Alex Smith. Yeah, and, and I, again, I think that's more of a surprise. I think he's, he, I think he's a sleeper. These guys are are going to surprise. I think. Okay. Okay. Do you want to? Just, yeah, let's do them all. They all, all suck, and I'm drafting none of them. So uh, let's just let's just be honest. Go ahead. So Alex Smith. Who currently right now uh, you're, you're going to be able to get him at a value? I don't think even think he's on this list. <laughs> the ADP? Yeah, it stops at twenty four. <laughs> uh, well, and that makes that makes about sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't think he's the top twenty four guy. So I, I, again, I, you know what you're getting with an Alex Smith. I, I, if anything, you know people want to. Are you building it up because of the potential of Tyreek Hill? Um, you know, is it because I mean they're still with Spencer Ware and there's they still have enough there to, to rely on the run game? Is it going to be that all of a sudden is Alex Smith going to morph into something that he never has been in his entire career? I'm, I'm feeling that there's been a mistake here with my my three quarterbacks listed. <laughs> well, what am I going to do? How am I going to call um, Philip Rivers a sleeper? You know, am I going to call – you look at that list. There's 24 guys. There's not one name on the – all right, I'm going to change this up. Tannehill. Tan, yeah, Tannehill's my sleeper. Tannehill's going to come back, and he's going to have a big year. And if he's – right now, if he's 21st, I think he's going to be a sleeper. I think those other three guys, Alex Smith, while I do think he's going to have his one good year because he knows he's gone and Mahomes is next, I think he's going to have a good year. Um, he's not draftable. I agree with that. And he's not really startable. So now I don't really necessarily feel the same way about Tannehill. Go ahead. All right. Well, I have two quarterbacks on my list and none of those guys. So number 20 overall, how about Carson Wentz? You want to talk about a guy with a sleeper where you got Alshon Jeffrey coming over there. Uh, you know, you're going to have opportunities for, for him, they're going to open up the playbook for him. He's going into his second season. That comfort level, no longer having to catch up to what the NFL game speed is. These are all major things. And I really think that they, we you know, we didn't see a lot out of him last year. They didn't really allow him to be dynamic. And he didn't have a lot of major weapons. You know, I think bringing Elshon there and pushing Jordan Matthews down. And, you know, there is still Nelson Aguilar there. You know that that can that can potentially do things if he ever just stops dropping passes. Um, so I like that upside. Um, and and again, they their running attack is is okay. You know you, they have Legarrette Blunt now. Okay, so are they going to use? Is he going to be the guy that maybe potentially steals some touchdowns from him in the red zone? Yeah, but at the same time, I think that they're going to be throwing the ball more, and I think that they're going to be able to use Legarrette Blunt more as a decoy. Uh, because it's not the high-powered offense of New England that we had last year. 
Well, the one thing that I think uh, Stag Party says, he's one of six quarterbacks that had over 600 attempts last year, and he finished with the fewest fantasy points. But here's what I'll say. I like him, too. I'm a fan of Wentz. I like what I've seen. I like what, what through four games last year, everyone's like, oh, my God, this is the greatest draft pick of all time. What what the hell? I love a Wentz. I, I don't know how much I think that he's a sleeper, but I guess he is because he's going at, at, at 18, which is a 12th-round pick in 12-man leagues. So he is a sleeper, I think. Would you take him – would you take a Wentz over uh, Blake Bortles? I I kind of think I I kind of think I would Palmer. Yeah, because I I don't trust in the age with Palmer. Uh, Tyrod Taylor. Um, I who think do like, I would do you like better Dalton or Wentz. I mean, I I, I would rank I rank Dalton higher, but I, I I like the upside in Wentz. It's like it's only like, you know, one of those guys that I would rank Dalton higher, but I would draft Wentz. I love it. Okay, cool. Hey, man, I, I agree. I love Wentz. You add, I like Ertz. We don't. We didn't even mention Ertz. You know, you got, you got, you, you add Alshon if he can stay healthy, and you got Matthews. You you added Blunt, and you got Ertz. It's it's a much better offense this year than it was a year ago. And this is a guy that started from day one in his NFL career and played every game and took some lumps, but. He's going to be all the better for it. So I think he's a great pick. How about you go to your next uh, guy who I love as well. Um, I'm wishing that I had done Tannehill and Bortles as my sleepers. Instead, I was getting creative, and I gave the guys that I did. So you're talking about my Dak Prescott here? Yeah. Yeah, I, I really like Dak Prescott a lot. I, you know, look, as a rookie, uh, completed 67.8% of his passes. That's ridiculous. Uh, 23 touchdowns through for 3,667 yards, and he threw four interceptions. Uh, That's unheard of. So as a rookie, he, on an offense where Ezekiel Elliott is giving him the ultimate uh, balance of offense, of the run game, and, uh, you know, with his developing uh, more of the rapport uh, with Des Bryant and them starting to actually open up the offense more for him going into his second year. And you just see the thought process. We saw it all through uh, the preseason with him. All the games in the preseason, he was throwing all those touchdowns and he wasn't throwing interceptions. And people saying, oh, well, you know, is this really real? Or we'll have to see when we get to the regular season. Well, yeah, when you throw an interception, uh, 0.9% of your pass attempts uh, are interceptions, four interceptions on 459 pass attempts, that's pretty impressive. So um, I, I just, I think, you know, with his also, with his ability uh, to use his legs, I think that's going to be something that's going to be, uh, a, a, play a big factor. Look, he had six rushing touchdowns last year. I, I have no problem believing that he can be able to get his six rushing touchdowns again. I know that 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 seems like a high mark, but I I think a low level of rushing touchdowns for Dak is going to be four. And, you know, when he goes for 282 yards on top of that, I just think, again, development into the second year, the way that they're going to uh, allow the offense to, to, to be opened up more for him. And you're getting him in the ninth round. He's going as the 12th quarterback right now. I mean, I could almost put another sleeper in there, that's, uh, but I have him in a different spot, uh, so we'll, I'll save him. But he's the guy who's rated as the 11th quarterback. I think this, those are the reasons why, as, as young quarterbacks get into those 
sweet spots and those sweet spots being second, third, fourth year where you start to see the major improvement. And as far as Carson Wentz with that first year, talking about, you know, the attempts and the, and whatever, how often do you just judge a quarterback as a whole by what he did in his rookie year? Yeah. I love a Dak. I mean, how can you not? That team is ridiculous. I like his head. I like everything about it. So the fact that you can wait until the ninth round, like you said, and he's the 12th guy going, if you are down with waiting on quarterbacks, that is all three of those guys. They're in a row. It's Cousins, Winston, Prescott, and Mariota. And I love Rivers, too. Um, All those guys are going basically 10 through uh, 14 right now. Uh, Big fan of that call. Uh, Big fan of that call. Dak. Should be just just dandy. All right, I'm going to go to my next guy, um, which is uh, Jeremy Hill. And uh, we'll start it off with Jeremy Hill on Stegs, um, you know, kind of counter devil's advocate. Mixon could be a dagger or inspiration. Hill is one of the most effective at converting short carries into TDs, could still have that role. Um, let's look at his ADP. Um, if you've got it in front of you, Hill is is number 40 at running back. That's why I like the guy, to be honest. A lot of these guys in the forties I'm liking as just flyers that what if, and Hill's one of them Forte's in the forties right now. Rawls is going to be the next guy on my list that we'll talk about who I'm completely down with. Um, I just think there's like, if you're going to take a a flyer on some dude and, and grab him in the ninth round, the touchdowns alone could provide you with the value there. What if Mixon isn't brought in right away and isn't doing great, can't get the offense down? This is a team that got a lot better through the passing game as well. So are they going to all of a sudden change everything up ridiculously? Uh, Hill might be better off than we think. You've also got Giovanni Bernard coming off a major injury. I just think that Hill, Hill is, to me, a guy that's an afterthought before he should be. Okay, now let me give you the other side because I'll, we'll, we'll clear off one of my sleepers here because it's the Battle of Cincinnati. I have Joe Mixon as my sleeper. It's his, he's been going up the charts now, so he's now at number 19 amongst running backs. All right, but he is uh, could have been what right up there with uh, McCaffrey and Fournette had he not had all the off-field issues, um, you know that he had so. An immense, immense talent. And and here's the problem with <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jeremy Hill. Over his last two seasons, okay, well, actually, talk about ironically consistent. He had 222 rushes last year, 223 rushes the year before, 222 rushes as a, as a rookie. So basically the same every single year. Average 5.1 yards a carry. As a rookie, 3.6 followed up by 3.8. He doesn't get the long-distance runs. Um, these are the things that, that that I'm concerned about with him. This is why they went for a head case uh, with immense talent going after uh, Mixon. So I, I, I just think that, to me, Jeremy Hill... And here, let me give you the the ultimate when you look at his uh, running plays, right? When we talk about how dynamic are you as a a runner. And Jeremy Hill, his long – he did have that that long run last year for 70 yards, but he only had 
Uh-oh, uh-oh. Oh, no, it popped. <laughs> and he's still only at 3.8 yards per carry. Um, hey, for me, it's a, value, it's a value pick. I, I think for him, I mean, you, you can look at my list of names here, and they're, 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 low, they're low-brow guys. But I'm talking about getting them late, and then what if could happen? It's a good offense. It's a good offense. I, I think you're right. I like a Mixon, but if you're and you, you you're the one who taught me this. If you're going to take Mixon at 19 or Hill at 41, I'm taking the sec. I'm taking the backside of that one value wise. Mixon, there's a lot of question marks. Could he be the next Adrian Peterson? Uh, yeah, but I'd rather pick that early next year. Then nineteenth. That's essentially what round? That's that's fourth round. Third, fourth round, fourth round in a twelve-man league. Yeah. Okay, so fourth round. That is that's high considering people people like Stags even have Giovanni Bernard higher than I've got Hill. Well, so, here's my thought process on that. I'm I'm willing to jump off uh, on on the ship with Joe Joe Mixon because. I'm not going. I may end up. You know, I'm probably going to end up being heavy drafted already at running at uh, wide receiver at that point in time, and then I'm just going to load up on running backs because, as you as you're saying, the list of these guys that we've been covering, I can grab all these guys, and there's there's tons of upside, and I don't have to go early, and I'll take my shot on my early guy on a guy like Mixon because Jeremy Hill has proven that all he might do is steal some touchdowns from him. All right. Um, fair enough. I think, in all honesty, this could be a, uh, an offense that I, I, I kind of stay away from. I, I'd like, I want everyone to do great. I want Mixon to be a, a total stud. But there's something that tells me about the Bengals uh, that I'm kind of staying away from. Other than a keeper league where I, I might keep uh, um, Eifert. And obviously, I love A.J. Green. But he's essentially the fifth pick, sixth pick overall right now. And... I don't know. I don't know if I'm going that high on him. So let's go on to. Uh, oh, well, we just had one of your guys. So let's do. Let's do Thomas Rawls because okay. um, we did your mixing. So I crossed him off. Thomas Rawls for me is a guy uh, where he's going super late. He's going. Um, so he Rawls is going 43rd running back. So that's end of the ninth round. And you've got Eddie Lacy, everyone's favorite, going one pick after your guy Mixon at the 19th. Which is in the fourth round as well in standard scoring. No way am I going for Eddie Lacy early <laughs> fourth round as the as the as the you know twentieth running back off the board. There's not a chance. I don't think he's a competitor like Rawls. I don't think he's as good as Rawls. Everyone is trying to say this is he's very similar to to Beast Mode. I think he was on a high-powered offense and just, like, they had to worry about the pass so much that he was able to do great when those first two years in this league with the Packers. And what we've got in the last two years uh, is what he is. And I don't care if he's making $500,000 to make uh, 253 pounds by a guy that's worth $50 billion. Um, it, that is not going to entice me to think that this guy is – uh, uh, RB two in fantasy football. All right. So here's the thing. I I'm the person on the podcast that's, that has the most faith in Lacey this year, right? Which is kind of ironic. Um, 
But at the same time, if he keeps going up the boards where he is, he's he's not becoming a super value anymore. You know, where was he when, when I was super high on him? I think at that point in time, he was like the 28th or 30th running back, and now he's jumped up 10 spots. That's... That that's worrisome for me because then it's like that value becomes lost by the time you, you're getting to draft time. And I'm a Thomas Rawls owner in a keeper league, and you're right. Eddie Lacy is not the scariest thing to have in front of you. And um, you know, with the the asthma issues too, right? You know, so he has. There's all these different things. I I, I agree. Rawls is a great value at at, at 41. Uh, is that where you said he is? Yeah. So 43. 43. So at that deep, it's a great safe play. We know we saw it in a small sample size. And even last year before he broke his leg again, he was running the ball hard, you know, after he had a couple, a, a bit of a slow start and then was starting to come on. And then, of course, he gets hurt. So uh, they both have competition, but we know that, uh, you know, Eddie Lacy doesn't eat competition. He usually just eats. Yeah, and that's my thing. Here's a great great quote that I love. I like that. Uh, by Thomas Rawls. If there was a depth chart with three selected players, I look at it as Thomas Rawls, Thomas Rawls, and Thomas Rawls. I've always been in competition with myself. I just believe that this program, this whole organization, has a mindset of competition. We believe that as long as people compete, they will earn whatever they deserve in the end. It'll work itself out. This guy is a computer. If he can stay healthy, I like it. I, I just I like his eye test more. He's going. He's, remember, he was awesome as a rookie when uh, Beast Mode got hurt and went down last year. He was injured and sucked. He's only a third year player, and I just like his. I like him. I feel like um, one year off due to injuries is. I'm not giving up on him at 43. I'll take a risk on him, and even if Lacey and them are both kind of holding it off, Lacey's going to get hurt. Eh, maybe Rawls is probably more injury prone, but I like a Rawls. I think it's worth it. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Um, let's do. Do you want to do your? Um, do you yeah. have anything else to say on Rawls? No, no. Let's do your Richard Matthews. So Richard Matthews, right now he's going as the 41st wide receiver off the boards. So um, I guess this is more of a, a better value <laughs> in your mind. Yeah. Um, and this is a, a, a player who he had he's had a, he had a career year last year. He had 65 receptions for 945 yards and nine touchdowns. Um, only 108 targets. But remember, you know, this was Marcus Mariota who's, you know, developing and they're going to be opening up the offense more for him. Um, you know, this will kind of play in part to where Delaney Walker is a guy who I think is not going to get the lion's share of a t- uh, targets that he's been seeing over the time. Now, obviously, they just brought in Eric Decker. So that has potential to eat into uh, Richard Matthews. But to me, it doesn't because Decker then becomes a de facto number one. Rashard Matthews is a guy who I think operates better as a wide receiver, too. I I don't necessarily see him as being a guy who's going to be anywhere close to the 150, 160 targets, but I can easily see him going from 108 to 120 to, to, or to 125. And, you know, he's been a big play receiver in his career. So um, over his last two seasons, averaging uh, basically 15 yards a catch. So you add that to the fact that there is some uh, 
worry maybe that people have because he had nine touchdowns on only 65 catches last year. But to me, that says he's got the rapport with Mariota. He's been the guy that Mariota felt comfortable to throwing the ball downfield. And as Mariota continues to develop more, you know, and they don't necessarily rely everything on that running game, I think Matthews is only going to see a bigger uh, his role increase. And I, and I love his value there. And again, he's one of those work hard guys uh, that nothing was ever given to him when he came in uh, from Miami. He earned his spots. Do you, uh, what are your thoughts? And you might've mentioned it cause I was kind of focusing on something else, but are you, uh, is the Decker thing? Think yeah, it's, I, I think I, it's going to, it's going to help him out because his ADP is yeah. going to fall down. Yeah. I just think it helps him out because again, he becomes better as a number two wide receiver than a number one wide receiver. Decker's the de facto number one. So he'll get What about Corey Davis? That was the sixth, fifth pick overall. What are you thinking about? I mean, he. Again, how often does he. He's the wide receiver one. I'm not saying in stats, but in snap counts, I think he's getting the most opportunity from day one. Well, even if that's the case, I I don't even care if Rashard Matthews becomes the de facto number three. I think that his value to that team, he's the most consistent thing that they have. Corey Davis is a, is an unknown right now. So until we actually see it in, 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 in its full glory, we won't know. Rashard Matthews had a lot more attention being paid to him last year toward, you know, uh, because he was the best receiver on that team. And, you know, they also, there's extra competition there too. I know they also got what? Taewon Taylor. So, but again, this is a guy who has earned everything that he's gotten. Um, he proved that he was a, it was a solid play in his first season with Tennessee. So I think that they're just looking to become a much more dynamic offense and open it, open it up a lot more with Mariota and not be just the Derrick Henry, DeMarco Murray show. Cool. I, I, I can't disagree. I want to keep my eye on him. I, I had him on some teams. I think he was a, one of my better pickups early in the season uh, in a league, and he's a guy that got a lot of starts. Uh, so I like him. I, I'm I'm more on your end with the Winston over Marriott. I think Marriott is a little overrated uh, as a passer, and now you went from having just Richard um, and you know what was the uh, space and Tice. Whatever the other got, r- rookie guy last year that started out hot, but then shit. And now you got Decker. You got a high draft pick in Corey Davis. Tajay Sharp. Tajay Sharp, yeah. Uh, there's just a lot more guy miles to feed, but I still like Richard. I think he's the guy that um, he's going to get. If his snap counts are there, he should get some good targets. Uh, let's go to my last sleeper, and then our next batch is going to be busts. Um, and that's Danny Woodhead. And let's just go through the last two for each of us. I'm a Danny Woodhead, and you've got Hunter Henry. Let's kind of breeze through it. For me, Woodhead's better stats in a PPR format have been the last four, two out of the last four years when he was with San Diego than when he was with uh, New England. Uh, he's got he's had two seasons of over 75 catches and all the buzz you're hearing right now who knows if it's coach speak but is that he's getting a lot of opportunities to do um, make some noise out of the backfield uh, for for the, the Ravens and I think he's a perfect fit for the Ravens type football uh, and I think that as long as again he's an injury issue but he if he can stay healthy, he is super productive in fantasy football and always comes at a value no matter what 
no matter what, that guy, if he stays healthy all six games, is a value. And he's right now ADP 39. Baltimore Ravens, I like it. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I like the opportunities that he's going to get there. Um, you know, age is the one thing that I think it's starts to get to be a concern with, with him. When do the wheels actually fall off? And, um, you know, Baltimore's a, a team, though, that, that does like to bring in veterans. But I think the positive is, who is there that's really scary that's going to take carries uh, and touches away from him? Terrence West? Kenyon Drake? Yeah, it's, I, it's, 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 definitely, it's definitely, it's West to start. Um, but we also know that he's, suspended the first four games, correct? Yep. So um that's something to consider. Uh you've got you got him out the first four games, so there's gonna be a good start to his season. I mean when it comes to receiving yards, who are guys that you think are gonna have more receiving yards than Danny Woodhead this year? To me, it's maybe a James White. It's maybe a Devontae Freeman. Theo Riddick, if he stays healthy, he's even more. In, and Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson. He's going to be a top five or six receiving yards running back this year against the field. Maybe McCoy, but McCoy's yardage in the receiving game, is it's, it's not as impressive as you think. Maybe McCaffrey, I don't know. I'm just thinking Woodhead is going to get receiving yards. In PPR, lift that guy up. Well, to me, it's it, it. Woodhead is one of those players that if you're in PPR and if you had maybe taken a few risks, maybe you're like me and went for Joe Mixon, um, that Woodhead is one of those smarter guys to grab in a couple rounds further down. Just because, again, the one thing is with him, it's a high floor. You know, when he's healthy, it's a high floor. There's nothing to be said. I mean, I'm sorry. If you do it year after year after year, at some point, that's what you do. You're good. You know, and, and as all you're hoping for is that the wheels don't fall off at this point in time. And you hope that he becomes uh, re- reliable in the red zone. Yep. I mean, he, San Diego liked him in that spot. If if Harbaugh and the Ravens feel comfortable with him inside the 10, hey, it could be a good time. So, all right, uh, like him, let's go to your last guy in the sleeper zone, and that's Hunter Henry. Damn, another guy that I, I'm just totally – I'm, I'm down with this guy. I'm, uh, he will be on a lot of my teams. Yeah, and, and I know that the people have the concern, well, hey, well, what about um, Antonio Gates? You know, and that's that was one of Stagg's concerns. You know, is he going to – they're going to bring him out there in the red zone. You got Mike Williams who's going to be a red zone uh, stealer. You know, this guy just has talent. And, you know, talent finds its way on the field. And I don't care that Antonio Gates is what Antonio Gates has been. At this point in time, this kid is, is a better talent. And, you know, I, I look at evidence, right? And it was early in the season. It was um, his uh, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth games. He had uh, five catches, 72 yards, four catches, 61 yards with a touchdown, three catches, 74 yards with a touchdown, followed by six catches, 83 yards with a touchdown. He has the ability to be that dynamic weapon at the tight end position. You have the greatest quarterback for him to have in Phillip Rivers, who knows how to throw to the tight end and utilizes him all the time. Uh, There are plenty of other weapons on the field that he's not going to be seeing any double coverages. I I just like what he's going to be able to do, and he's going to victimize linebackers and safeties. 
What I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about, I've got some good stuff on uh, Henry because I'm a big fan of him. But before I give some goo and we re- and you finish up on your thoughts and then we're going to move over to our bus, let's, uh, let's listen to this. Let's keep the lights on and listen to one of our sponsors. Thank you for that. All right. Um, from pros and cons. In the latest version of our Pyro Fantasy Football Draft Kit, version 1, we released it earlier this week. Please, this is a quick Pyro promo. Go grab it. If you grab it now, uh, it's got 25 tabs of goodness. If you grab it now, you'll get all the subsequent versions. We release it every uh, another one every month. Our next one will be out in the middle of July. But grab it. You'll get automatically sent to your uh, email address this Excel spreadsheet that is just ridiculous. It's There's nothing else like it. I'll do a couple other promos of it and talk about some tabs. I don't want to go too deep into the woods on it, but uh, I'm about to read a couple pros and cons from the the tight end rankings page, one of 25 tabs uh, on the draft kit. And basically here it goes. So Hunter Henry, a pro for him. Only Rob Gronkowski scored more than Hunter Henry in their rookie season Since 1981. So last year was the second best rookie season by a tight end with Gates playing. And everyone talking about how they're going to get him all these records next year. Hunter Henry had the second best tight end season for uh, as a rookie since 1981. Only behind the best tight end fantasy wise ever in Rob Gronkowski. Uh, so another pro, another pro, I'm just going to rifle through some of these. Many beat writers expect Henry has overtaken Gates as the main target at tight end after only one season. Another pro, Hunter finished as a top 12 tight end in more than half of the games he played despite being the second tight end. Pro, Rivers targeted the tight end more than 140 times last season. Pro, Antonio Gates will be 37 this season and is not under contract for 2008. All right, I can keep going on these things because we've got about 15 of them, but you get the, you get the idea. This is one little, one little corner of this draft kit, and this guy's good. And where's, what's his ADP? Uh, his ADP is ninth at, at the tight end position. I mean, I love it. I I could see if I don't go high in leagues, I can see this guy being on my team. Tell me a little bit more about him. They'll move on. I am bought in on HH. Well, I mean, the only other thing you need to know is that even with Antonio Gates there last year, he scored eight touchdowns. So (laughs) good grief. You know, once he gets to the point where, you know, and again, you saw what he did in that, that four week stretch that I, that I labeled out, he has the potential to be, a thousand yard tight end with double digit touchdowns. Yep, I agree. I think right now the only thing in the bulging disc helps this thought, but uh, Stag Party brings up the whole Mike Williams, another big body. Uh, these guys have so many tall wide receivers in their team. When you think about it, uh, is he gonna in the red zone gonna hurt a, a Henry? But right now he's got a bulging disc and looks like a shitty seventh overall pick. Yeah, and the other thing is this. Even if he does get out there, there's the one thing that I always rely on. Uh, I know that Hunter Henry can do it. I've seen him do it. I don't know if Mike Williams can do it yet in the NFL. And the problem is I don't like the history of Mike Williams in the NFL. (laughs) 
<laughs> that makes sense. All right. Nice work, dude. Let's move on to some busts. And um, we'll roll through this. We don't like to dwell on the negative. So we got some other good uh, some other good stuff. We'll talk about the explosion and the implosion. And also a part of the show that isn't mentioned in its uh, in the f- beginning title is that uh, both Houdini and I are going to put um, – our guys that we think are the top four league winner and the top four league loser guys. So these are the guys that we think that just could be the pick of the drafts and uh, who the guys that could be the worst picks in the draft. So that'll be a part of this too. So let's blow through the bus a little bit because I'm more excited to talk about explosion and implosion than these guys anyways. Uh, we've kind of discussed it a little top level, a few of them, but I'm just going to go to Keenan Allen. There's too many miles to feed. He cannot stay healthy. I love this guy when he's a target machine, but those targets are just not there anymore. They're, they've got the they've got bodies and mouths that three years ago when he was the, a beast, and two years ago when he started out hot. I, I just don't think that's the same team that, that they're they're living in. And obviously, I think that the management uh, believes that too, or they wouldn't have taken. What I thought was an overreach player in Mike Williams from Clemson, wide receiver, in the first round, top 10 pick. Uh, we loved what we saw out of Terrell Williams last year. I loved what I saw out of it. We saw out of Inman. I mean, just it's not going to come back, and all of a sudden, this guy's got an endless bevy of uh, targets from Phillip Rivers. Last time this guy played, I'm not even sure Hunter Henry existed. So <laughs> <laughs> that's my thought on it. What do you think? Well, and he's going right now as the 19th wide receiver, so you're still paying a high premium for him. Oh. You know, I have him and in in a different category, and we'll find out if I did that category correctly. <laughs> I have him as an implosion player. Yeah, no, that that make no, that's fine. Okay, they're, be- they're they're in the same regard. Implosion means like. This guy's really well, going to fuck you. Not, yeah, like I, I look at it more of like a, I, I, number one, injury risk. Number two, all the different mouths that you have to feed there. Uh, number three, the development of Hunter Henry. Um, it's just Keenan Allen doesn't have the opportunity that he had two years ago uh, when he was healthy. And he was never an elite athlete. He was never an elite guy. He just had a shitload of targets, and he was able to catch. And he's able. He was a. He was a. He was a. He was a good route runner and a good. He did a lot of things pretty good. He's never been elite. And he also had a bunch of shit talent around him at that time. The other, the next best wide receiver was Malcolm Floyd. <laughs> Malcolm Floyd, exactly. I would take Benjamin. Um, uh, Calvin Benjamin, not Cal- who's the, who's the little guy they got that we're not even talking about from Cleveland. Benjamin. Travis Benjamin, I would take him over uh, anybody that he was up against um, back th- two years ago. And we're not even—he's not even on our. We're not even going to discuss him because he's wide receiver four on this team now. Anyway, uh, good Let stuff. Me- Let's go, to, let's go to you. Let's go to a bus for you. We talked about LeGarrette Blunt, so we can keep it short, but LeGarrette yeah, Blunt is a Houdini bus. I'll give you the highlight. This is off of uh, – I'll just read my career year beware for you. So, nice. Uh, LeGarrette's coming off a career year in yards with 1,161 uh, – uh, sorry, 1,161. Uh, touchdowns with 18. Now – this is only the second time in his seven-year career that he topped 1,000 yards, the last time coming in his rookie season. 
Blunt had three runs of 40 yards or more in 2016. Two of those went for touchdowns, compared to no runs of 40 yards or more in 2015. Blunt also had seven runs of 20 yards or more last season, compared to just four such runs in 2015. Uh, LeGarrette was able to do most of his damage because of the offense that he was in with the Patriots. This year he'll be playing with the Philadelphia Eagles, which has a lot of ground to catch up on the Patriots in terms of effective offense. Blunt's going to see a major decrease in the number of touchdowns scored as his previous career high was 11, uh, 11 fewer than he scored in 2016. Seven. Seven was his previous career high. So LeGarrette is a one-dimensional running back, and you're betting on fool's gold if you're expecting the same return on investment in 2017. And he's going right now as the 23rd running back. So you're paying up for him. Yeah. Here's Stag Party's uh, comments, and then we'll move on. I'm not buying in on LeGarrette Blunt. Not saying he's – I think he could be have some nice games. I really do. I, I think he's kind of similar to what uh, Ryan Matthews is, just a, a sturdier option. Blunt uh, – here's Stag Party. Blunt is going as an RB3 and should have a similar pro- projection to that of Matthew uh, Ryan Williams on the low end. Uh, Ryan Matthews did score eight times last season, and you are getting him at a decent price. So I guess he's pushing for Matt uh, Ryan Matthews. Not, I'm calling him Matt Ryan. Um, so Blunt, eh, you're paying too much for too rich for my blood. Um, that's that's what I'll say there. So let's go to my uh, next. Uh, bust, and then that's going to... my next bust. <laughs> yeah, so we got the same next bust. Tyreek Hill. What's what's his a, what's Hill's ADP? Uh, why don't, here, why don't you look that up, and I'll just tell I'll you what it. I don't... Yeah, go nuts on it. Uh, he's a gimmick-type player, okay? You know, so the thing is, you got to remember, he scored a ton of touchdowns last year, but three of his touchdowns came on special teams. Now, the stat that I really want to point out is because he did so much damage as, as a running back, right? He had three touchdowns, three touchdowns on special teams, three touchdowns rushing on just 24 rush attempts. So he averaged 11.1 yards per rush. That's, that's ridiculous. But the more important fact for me is that what was he doing as a wide receiver? How was he impacting a game as a wide receiver? Well, he had 61 receptions for 593 yards. So... 9.7 yards per reception. So we think about him with this dynamic speed and everything, but he's not that downfield threat because he's that shorter receiver. So he's getting more of the screens. So again, this is where it's telling me that most everything that came from him came from more gimmicky type plays and defenses are now aware of who Tyreek Hill is. And the one thing that defenses are going to do to him in year two, that they weren't as effective to doing at him in year one is laying a body on him. And they are going to lay some licks on him that, Hey, even if he doesn't get the ball and they run the jet sweep, you put him on his ass. And it's eventually going to catch up to the guy. And I've seen it just happen too many times. It's like, who is he on a high end? You're talking Percy Harvin when he had his, his, his dynamic type seasons, right? But that's it. And then we also see how that, that comes crashing back to reality. I agree with you. I think what you're going to see, what the tape showed last year, is that when he gets um, a cushion – and when he gets a cushion at, at from the cornerbacks, he can eat you up. 
He is just a machine. If you don't put a body on that guy, you are giving this guy the ability to get going. Zero to 60. He is the fastest player. Well, probably not with Ross. The second fastest player in the league. You have to put a body on him. So I think teams will get smart and realize that cornerbacks are going to be bumping this guy at the line. Do not give this guy free uh, reign to get going on you. I think the other thing, Tyreek Hill was an NFL top 100 player after just being a rookie. So the only other guy that did that last year was Michael Thomas of the Saints. So right now, Tyreek Hill is considered one of the 100 best players after 16 games in the NFL. You want to know his stats compared to a Michael Thomas? He had 544 yards less than Michael Thomas. He had 31 catches less than Michael Thomas, uh, the other rookie wide receiver sensation. He had 31 less first down plays. He had 10 catches of 20 or more yards less than Michael Thomas of the Saints, and he had three TDs less than Michael Thomas. And yet, Michael Thomas, deservedly so, is going super high. But we're looking at, he's going seven. But you're sitting here and telling me Tyree Kill with those numbers less is number 21. Here's a quick question I've got for you. I'm going to do a quick hit. Just don't even think about it much. You taking Crabtree or Tyree Kill? Oh, Crabtree. Jarvis Landry or Tyree Kill? Jarvis Landry. Julian Edelman or Tyreek Hill? Neither one of them. <laughs> Martavis Bryant or Tyreek Hill? Martavis. There you go. I mean, Jamison Crowder or Tyreek Hill? Closer. Um, <laughs> he's, but, he's, thir- I, he's 12 guys lower. I probably. He's at 33. It's, it's closer. It's closer. Yeah. Sammy Watkins or Tyreek Hill? God, I I'm, I'm not a Sammy Watkins guy. Um, uh, I'll talk about him later, but I, I think that Sammy Watkins' upside as a receiver is a hundred percent higher than than what Tyreek's gimmicks are. Yeah, so I agree, Tyreek Hill. We both have him in the same time in our list. Bust. Who? I, he's a great talent. I think for a football team, this guy is a winner. I, do I think he's going to have some huge games this season? Yes. Do they seem to want to just build that team around him? They got rid of Macklin believing in him, and is Conley going to step up? Yes. There's a lot of yes here with Tyreek Hill. He's not a bad player. He's a great player. But things are going to change, and he's going. I'm just talking. We're talking here as a value play. Tyreek Hill will come at not a value for what he's going to return. Yeah, well, you got to understand, busts are that you're mortgaging a lot on this guy to perform because you're taking him with these these higher picks at the at the position. So, you know, or you're you're overdrafting. You know, you're just you're going to get a much less of a return the the worst return on investments with these guys. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's go to your let's do your next guy um, is a bust, and that's Delaney Walker. Uh, give a little – just tell me why you think he's going to be a bust. Well, look, again, we already talked about how many different players they now have brought in <laughs> uh, with Delaney Walker. Uh, and, you look, he's been great for the last three seasons. He's given you over 800 uh, yards. Uh, why don't you look up his ADP while I'm talking about this? Cool. Um, so I think he's like the, the fifth – I think he's like the fifth tight end, though. So – but – 
Over 800 yards, over 100 targets. Okay, seventh now? Yeah, seventh. So you're getting him in the very beginning of the seventh round of the 12-man league. Sounds like people. I think that this is the Eric Decker effect. Um, that that since that signing, the ADP dropped a little bit so that he was higher. But he's had over 100 targets uh, each each of the last three seasons, over 800 yards, and 17 of his 31 career uh, touchdowns over that time period. So the problem for me is that he is was he 33 years old? Um, you know, so you have all of this other young talent around him. You, he's he's been that guy that Mariota has leaned on for all this time, but eventually it the game goes young and the game moves on so anyone that had antonio gates last year did you have an amazing year having him on your team mm. it's going to be the same type of a situation yeah the, the only thing i like about a walker is the targets but we talked about it there's more miles to feed he had a, a 102 targets last year 133 in his big 1000 yard season um and then he had 106 t- Three years ago, it's going on. He's having a hundred under a hundred targets this year. It's yeah. it's going down. There's just not. There's just too many guys. There's too much talent there. And when he when he got a hundred and six and hundred and thirty three in two thousand fourteen and fifteen, a lot's changed since then. Yeah, I think it's just it. He's on the tail end. The bell curve for him ain't looking great. Yeah, it's not. It's no longer Justin Hunter and uh, <laughs> these, these other slow right. Yeah, that they were running out there at, at wide receiver. So now he's actually got competition. <laughs> and you've got great backfield now. Just in general, this is it. It doesn't look good for Delaney Walker, even at the seventh pick. In my opinion, uh, that means you're grabbing uh, Delaney. Hold on, sorry, went to that. That means you're grabbing Delaney in the uh, with the seventh. That's in the seventh round. Uh, just, just not really that great. Um, all right, let's move on from him and we'll go over to, um, a guy that I, uh, it's not in order, but Derek Henry for me, I think it goes back to a lot of the things we've been talking about. Let's keep it on the uh, Titans. Yep. There's something that tells me that Derek Henry is going to be a decoy this season and that Derek Henry isn't going to get all those touchdowns like he got last year. That's really what happened. I think DeMarco would would chew up the field, bring it down, have a ton of plays in each drive, and then by the time they got into the red zone, he'd be tired and tap himself out. I just am not sold on what I where. Uh, Henry's going and how people love him so much as a player. Uh, when you've st- you still got a young and a, and a very solid DeMarco Murray. I mean, Derrick Henry's ADP right now is 27th. Well, and, he, and here's the thing. There's guys that we – Yeah, there's so many guys. Gillis, he's going ahead of Gillisley, Ingram, Cook, Perkins. I would take him over none of those guys. Yeah. Samaje Prine. Never take him over that guy. Gore, I wouldn't take him. Murray, maybe I would, but uh, just he's going high. You're you're saying that this guy's a six-round pick? No friggin' way. Uh, I just think DeMarco Murray, who is actually a first-rounder in the 12-team format, uh, I don't love that personally for me either, but he's going to get – he's their guy. DeMarco's their guy. So 
that's all I got to say on him. Anything else you want to say on Henry? I mean, he's no, a beast. I, he's I a big boy, but it just he's it's a bad draft pick if you're taking him with the 27th pick. If he's going in the first pick of the sixth round, bad pick. Yeah, I just I just don't see them running the ball as much this year as they did last year. I see them opening up the offense. I mean, look, you had DeMarco last year got 293 uh, rushes with the ball. Um, you have uh, what it was. Uh, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Forgot about who we were just talking about, Derrick Henry. So uh, Derrick Henry last year uh, had. 110 rushes. It, uh, it, that's they ran the ball 400 times last year. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, what are they going to do? Are they all of a sudden going to run the ball, uh, or you're going to make the argument? Oh, well. Okay. So so Demarco's going to go from 293 down to 250. Okay. So now you're just going to bump him up an extra 40 carries. So he's at 150 carries. What's that going to give you? And, you know, the, the fact is that those touchdowns that he had, those five touchdowns, I don't see that going up that much. So that number is not all of a sudden going to be like, wow, all of a sudden he can become a 12 touchdown guy. No, that's, that's not how it works. So, and especially with DeMarco there, that's an ace number one running back. So, you know, I understand where it's like you can say, well, look, look who's being drafted ahead of him. The running back ahead of him is in the exact same situation. Yeah, but the, the running back ahead of him, Tevin Coleman, has the clearer to get more touches than uh, than Derrick Henry is going to get in a much more better dynamic offense than, than Derrick Henry's in. Go ahead. Well, I think the, the, all the things that we're saying can be summed up uh, and, and, and I agree with what Stag's devil advocate point is. Derrick Henry, all depends on a DeMarco Murray injury. It, if it, DeMarco gets injured, this guy is a friggin' beast. Yeah. Simple as that. Yep. Simple as that. But you want to, you want to, you want to leverage and, and take a chance on a sixth first pick in the sixth round for a running back based on an injury on a first rounder. I don't. Um, so that's it. If DeMarco gets injured, this guy's going to be awesome. But DeMarco is is a great player. So basically, could pay off if he's injured. If not, he is being drafted ahead of some starting running backs in this league. And that's it. We're talking about him being sitting here at 27. And you want to know who he's one behind is Tevin Coleman. I like a Tevin Coleman in the sixth round. If Freeman gets hurt... Unbelievable upside. Even with Freeman in there, that offense is going to have a lot of Coleman action. Love a Gillis, Lee Moore, and Henry, whatever. Let's move on to the next one. Derek Henry has the body of the gods. The offensive line's amazing. The situation is perfect. The only issue is there's a lot of mouths to feed. And as Houdini said, what? How much are you going to take away from Demarco Murray, who's a better running back? Yeah. All right. You're. Let's go over to Houdini's bus, Michael Thomas. And while you were away on one, I really laid into Michael Thomas uh, on how. I actually, did the opposite. I laid into Tyreek Hill about how great Michael Thomas was. So it's going to be good. And I'm with you. I think Michael Thomas being overdrafted. I'm staying away, but I'm excited to see why you think he's going to be a bust. Well. I, I look at it this way. Let's let's first of all discuss where he's being taken. Number seven amongst wide receivers. 
This is a second round pick. Early second round. Yeah. Okay. Now let's get to it. Um, so the see if Early-ish. you ish. You look at what he did as far as production: ninety-two receptions, eleven hundred and thirty-seven yards, nine touchdowns, twelve point four yards per reception. That's fantastic, right? He, but his conversion rate is what is the the scariest thing. Ninety-two catches. How many targets do you think you normally would have to have in order to get ninety-two catches? Well, yeah, he. I know, I know this because I did the pros and cons for him. He convert. He caught. A real high between him and Breeze, he caught a real high percentage of the passes that were thrown as well. He he only did like almost eighty five. He's one hundred and twenty one targets, so that's only twenty eight, twenty nine times that out of one hundred and twenty one that he threw in the ball. Twenty nine times that they didn't connect. That's that's seventy six percent unsustainable. Uh, very unsustainable because now Brandon Cooks is gone. Uh, so yeah, okay, you're going to be getting more of the lion's share, but you're also going to get the double coverage and the bad throws, and you're going to see that targets, I bet you, are going to go up. You're going to probably see him closer to that 150, 160 targets, and that's where people are like, well, yeah, so let's just extrapolate. It's not going to be a 76% rate. I bet you he has a hard time getting back to 92 catches. Well, to go to what we talked about earlier, and again, you're the one who taught me this, and in business, I've always been this way, and in, in a lot of ways, I've always been this way, pussy, making friends, whatnot. Um, when people are running, I'm walking, and when people are walking, I'm running. And I think with Michael Thomas, he's just too rich for my blood. Who do I love out of this situation? I talked about Fleener earlier, but who I really love is... Me. Yeah, Sneed. Sneed comes at the value, and you just you get the flip side of this over-adulation for Michael Thomas. Now, do I think Michael Thomas is going to have a great career, and do I think he's an elite wide receiver? Yeah, I really do, sort of. I think I think this guy is, is legit and the real deal. He's got a great quarterback in Drew Brees, at least for the next Two, three, five years. Uh, I think Breeze makes him more than he makes Breeze. But at the end of the day, I, I I can't take this guy in a twelve man league as the fourth, third, or fourth pick in the second round and no, feel they, real happy uh, with that kind of uh, that that kind of action. <laughs> no, and again, you're talking about a guy that only had three hundred yard games. With those 1,100 yards. So he's giving you a good floor. And I'm not saying that he's not going to give you a good floor this year, but if you're drafting him in the second round, you're drafting him as your ace number one wide receiver, you need him to win you weeks. Now, the one thing that he did do extremely well is he, he scored touchdowns. He had nine touchdowns and he had two multiple touchdown games, um, one of which came in, in one of his 100 yard games. So the issue, that, again, for me is. That conversion rate, and again, that defenses are now planning for you. You are They don't have to worry about Brandon Cooks being out there, and now we have to bring a different safety down in order to worry about him covering the top. He's going to get double covered. He's going to be the guy that's going to get the extra attention, and he's going to be the, the guy that people are going to be like, let's take Michael Thomas out of this game and let anybody else on that team beat us. And when you're in that position – and you have not done it year over year and not been like a Julio Jones or some of these other guys, you're, you're taking a risk. And I'm not taking the risk, and I, I think I'm going to be proven correct. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that's the scariest thing. He's he's now he's now the focal. He's the he's the the number one. Brandon Cooks, real fucking good. Pretty nice when you got that guy uh, making things easier for you. Oh, there's Biggs. Biggs is sleeping. That's cuties. Uh, we're doing our little show over a Skype video while we do this on Zencaster. Um, good times. I'm going to move over to the next guy for me, Bust. Kenny Britt. I think the quarterback situation is in a place that he could be successful, but I like a Coleman. I think they're, they got to lean on the, uh, I don't know. I feel like he kind of got paid. This is a guy that's been in the league since 2009, had his first thousand yard season last year. Um, and that's because he actually had a lot, uh, 111 targets. He had his most touchdowns, most yards. This guy is a jag. He performed at the perfect time to get a little salary and get a, make some money. Um, just not expecting him to do all that much. I'm not saying that he's too high. I'm, let me, let me quickly look at his ADP, um, Brit is 62. So you get him in the 14th round. Well, kind of hard to bust from the 14th, right? <laughs> I, I could take him in the 14th, but I'd rather take a lot of guys around him uh, more. Zay Jones, I'd rather take. I'd rather take a Terrell Williams. Quincy and Noonwar is right there. Um, I like a Beasley. I like a Hearns. I like Cooper Cup. Anyway. Uh, I'm just not sold on this guy. It's hard to be a full-on bust if you're that low. Um, oops, I just deleted out Eric Ebron. Um, but, yeah, let's move on. Britt, don't expect much. Basically, that quarterback situation is terrible, and he's just not going to get the, he's, he's not gonna get the uh, targets, I don't think. The one thing that's very, very good for him is the fact that uh, Josh Gordon got denied on the reinstatement. Let's go to the next one for you, Carlos Hyde, bust. I, I hate this guy. I, I, don't, I don't understand why anybody you know puts faith in him uh, to do anything since he's coming. He's, he's always been, you know, oh, he's going he's gonna to do this, he's going to do that. Last year was his best season, 13 games, and uh, he went for uh, 217 rushes for 988 yards and six touchdowns. He's averaged 76 yards rushing a game. He's also not a guy that's ever given you anything. In three years, he has a total of 284 receiving yards. So you're not getting that dual threat, although he did score three receiving touchdowns last year. And a career high, 163 yards. But I'm not I'm not sold on it. I... I I, I don't like the offense that he's in. I, I don't like pretty much any of the situation around him. Um, so and I know that uh, I'm looking at Stag's things here. His point is, on a per-game basis, Hyde has been a good fantasy play and that Shanahan's done a lot with running backs less talented than him. You know what? That may be. But at, at the end of the day, Carlos Hyde has proved nothing to me. To be picked as the 17th running back. So... He's going in the third round. I'm, I'm not. I, you're again. It, it, anyone that drafts him usually is he's their number one running back at the start of the year. Yeah, I know. I, I agree. I agree with you on the draft pick and the draft value. It's not there, but he's a good player. Um, I will say that he, I think he's. He, I think he, it's a good he, player. I just don't like his value. At the top end, at the top end as a running back, if he hits. 
you know, let's say he played the 16 games at 76 yards. What would he have gotten? Like 1,150 yards. So he's not, he's not that dynamic guy. This is not an offense that he has a chance to score double digit touchdowns in. So if I'm going to be drafting a running back there. And so again, let's look at where he's, he's at there. So he's at 17 call side Christian McCaffrey ahead of him. I love it. I know that you like Adrian Peterson one below him a lot better. My man, Joe Mixon, um, I, I I get you here when you see the Eddie Lacy, Doug Martin, Ty Montgomery, Legarrette Blunt. It looks more slim, but that's again where I'll let someone else eat the pill on Hyde, and I'll wait, and then I'll draft those Tevin Coleman's and the Gillisleys and the Paul Perkins, and and I'll go that route. I will too. I think that what'll happen is those guys will be moving up a little bit, and he'll move, and Hyde will move down a little bit. Hey, if he's going to the third round, I'm not in. But what I will say is Kaepernick and Gabbert. Think about that. If your last two years and you, you had to, essentially you had to have defenses worry about those two flipping idiots. And I like a Kaepernick, but I like him because he can run, not because he can throw. Gavert's garbage. I think Hoyer actually can throw a 300 yard game. And, oh. and I, and I like, I, I think Hoyer sucks, but, um, at fantasy, at least the defense have to worry a little bit about them. And the one thing I will say that I agree with Stag Party is that Hyde's the highest drafted running back that Kyle Shanahan has ever inherited, and he went 57th overall in the 2014 draft. So I think that's what Stag Party's saying. He's done more with less when you got a Freeman and you got guys like Tevin Coleman. Hyde was not a super high draft pick, but he's higher than Shanahan's ever had before. Yeah, but the other problem is and why Hoyer's going to have those passing games is because San Francisco is going to be playing from behind. And this is the biggest problem that a, a guy has on, on a bad offense. When you're potentially the best talent on the team and you're the running back, this has always been a, a, a situation for disaster. Remember, after everyone was still so high on, on CJ2K after he had the 2,000 yards, and we kept talking year after year like this is a, a recipe for disaster. Tennessee's never going to get better. They're going to keep giving the ball. He never had those seasons ever again. Uh, and because you're the best player and then your team's bad. So I agree. I agree. Hyde, if he's going as high as he is, don't like him. But I don't think he's a bad running back. So I just want to make sure that I'm clear on that one. I think he's actually a pretty good one. Uh, qu- quick questions. Joe Williams, is he going to hurt his stuff? Tim Hightower is no longer a vulture on New Orleans. Now he's a vulture on this team. Uh, there's a lot. Those are two things to worry about. Uh, Joe Williams, a rookie who's got some serious talent. Um, so Carlos Hyde, I think you're reaching. Um, we have him in our draft kit ranked as the 15th um, running back uh, in, in our draft kit for running backs. And then the ADP, you said we had him at 19. What, what was he in? He's at, uh, he's at 17. And 17. Where, do, where do I got Carlos Hyde ranked? <laughs> I don't know. I'm looking at the rankings, not our tiers. Um, uh, so I have him 12, 13. I still have him ranked right around there. I just, that's as high as he's going to get. He can't be better than that. That's my hope. And I just don't, and I don't. You wouldn't uh, take him. In the third round, you wouldn't take him. I wouldn't either. No, I, I just, I just, for his, he's one of these guys that for whatever reason, I've hated him ever since he came in the league. Never liked him. Maybe it's because uh, some of the Ohio State thing. I don't know. Uh, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. All right, let's move over quickly. I'm going to just quickly roll through my last bus, and then we're going to go over to uh, some uh, implosion 
Uh, let's do explosion first. What do you want to do? Uh, my last guy here as a bus is Eric Ebron. Ebron is going. Oh my God, he's going as the seventeenth tight end. I, I should have looked at the ADP before I did this. Actually, <laughs> I just want my guys I didn't like so much. And you know what? This is uh, he's, he's at the seventeenth. He's. I mean, that's actually not a bad. I hate him. He sucks. But I guess <laughs> everyone else does too. And they realize this is a guy that was like literally like the eighth pick overall in the first round. And in the last three years, he's been overdrafted, but I guess people are tired of him. Well, like you had your surprises on the other one. These are just guys that you hate. Yeah, just surprise. Here, hey, here's a surprise, Ebron. Here's a little jizz to the face, you dick face. And with that in mind, let's take a break and listen to a word from our sponsors. Lucky's, lucky sponsors with that lead in. Um, <laughs> all right. I think we should do explosion first. No, no, no. We're going to do implosion first because this is kind of on the same lines of as, as bus, in, in my opinion. And this way, sorry, folks, the best we're going to save it for last. So, all right. I like it. Here's I'm going to do a quick uh, pyro promo before you get into your first implosion. I might uh, hit the head as well, so carry on way, my wayward son. Uh, basically, we got some awesome stuff happening content-wise, pyro promo here. Uh, our boy, the heartbeat, uh, our news feed master, been killing it. Basically, um, taking an original Houdini piece. Uh, that was the power and numbers piece and put a little bit of his own spin on this action, which I, I liked. And he's doing a pyro power level. You, you go in there where at each player, he's doing a pyro power level that allows you to kind of see at a rankings level like, wow, this is a, a myriad. It's a formula based and it's fucking awesome. I just saw it for the first time today. Go ahead, uh, Houdini. I love what Har- Harp you you planted the seed and and I feel like Heartbeat's taking it. I didn't plant the seed. I just I just cultivated the farm. Who was it? It was uh, uh, what's his name? That other dude that came up with it and they came up with the graphs and stuff. And I didn't understand. Oh yeah yeah yeah. It was, uh, it was Charlie. No, no, not Charlie. Um, it was Lynn, Anthony Lynn, Washington D.C. or something like yeah, that. Lynn, 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 Lynn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. right. Anyway, I was the one that had to make it so it was understandable and digestible. <laughs> yes, he was a little too smarty pants. And I like what Heartbeat's done. So overall, that's all I'll say. Nice little power in, uh, power in numbers has been um, enhanced. And out of it came by uh, the Heartbeat, this pyro power level, where it's kind of figuring out a way to award players based on a number of criteria and how important they are. And it's really fucking impressive. So I'm excited to release that. We're probably a couple weeks away from it. We just kind of planted this one uh, this week, but it's good stuff. Uh, all right, Houdini, do your, uh, do your things. I'm going to take a little uh, little run. So if you got to do a couple of them. Let's, let's, let's just, I want to make sure that you're with me. on uh, This is my understanding of when I was doing Implosion. So Implosion is the guy for me that I just can't trust. Uh, a, a guy that I just have so much concern and worry about that I'm staying away from because I think that they do more harm to themselves. So are you in agreement with that? Or did you have a different way that you were approaching it? I like that, but for me, it's implosion is just like 
it's it's ADP. It's it's a name, a household name that we've come to trust, and their time is done. Um, so I, I feel like it's what you said, but it's also like you know, there's certain age cri- um, markers. There's certain um, there's certain guys that are able to have a a career and put up some good stats in the league for a certain amount of time. And for me, implosion is like your time's up, buddy. All right. Well, I'll question you when we get to your third one, but let me start off, go do your thing. I'm going to talk about Keenan Allen again, uh, because you know, this is just where I, I figure the, the implosion is. We already do the Keenan Allen. So I say you, you, you burn off that or do it fast. Okay, well, yeah, fine. Well, well, go and I'll do. I'll do him, and I'll follow it up with my second one. So you, you got like, to leave, leave, right. leave me alone. So Keenan Allen again with all of the different mouths that he has to feed around there, uh, with the fact that he can't stay on the field and stay healthy, with the development of Hunter Henry, I, I, it's just it's obvious that this is not a guy that you can trust, and I'm not going to put my faith in him. So moving on to my second guy, um, that's going to be Sammy Watkins. You know, And Sammy Watkins, you're actually kind of looking at it and going, well, hey, but aren't I getting him at a value this year? He's coming as the 20th wide receiver off the board. And yeah, but at the same time, I still just have this fear of Watkins, you know, he has all the talent in the world, but plays on an offense that really is not suited to giving him the best opportunity to put up massive amounts of points. And I think that that along with the weather that you get in Buffalo toward the end of the year, you know, he, he just hasn't been able to top out. So even if he had played the entire season last year, you know, he had eight games that he played, so let's double what he did. He would have finished with 56 catches for 860 yards and four touchdowns. So that would be that he's been anywhere from uh, 55 catches to 65 catches as a high in his career, which came as a rookie. His best yardage is 1,047 yards that he put up. Now, granted, that was in 13 games uh, last uh, two years ago, back in 2015. But Sammy Watkins is just not giving the enough of that top-end, top-line performance, and he's not giving you the just ridiculous games that you need in order to to put up the points. I mean, even in his eight games last year, Sammy only had one game where he had double-digit targets. So, you know, that's distressing to me. So I, I need to know that if I'm drafting him, and even though at the 20th pick um, – I really want to see a lot more. I want to see. I want to see Sammy getting double-digit targets almost on a weekly basis. And you even go back to you know two years ago, he only had four games out of his thirteen that were double-digit targets. So where are the targets are are where the uh, the points come from. And unfortunately, I just don't see uh, a, a ton of points coming when I when I look at Sammy Watkins. I. I, I only once in his career, more than 100 targets. And, you know, even if you amortize out last year, it would have been 104. So, you know, I don't know where, you're, where you lie on, on Sammy Watkins, but I, I just, it has, I, I, I get where he's at, but it's, I don't 
see him being able to take it to another level uh, with Buffalo. Did you mention uh, Stag Party's points or no? I didn't even look at Stag Party's points. So you can... Okay. Well, I didn't hear what you said, so I, I can't <laughs> argue against it because I just went and did my thing. You told me to leave, and I did. Uh, did. But here's Stag Party's little uh, devil's advocate, and I think there's some interesting thoughts here. Through three seasons, Watkins has played more games than Julio Jones has, 36 to 34, with similar injury. Watkins' stats in those three seasons – 153 catches uh, on uh, 273 targets, 2,459 yards, and 17 touchdowns. Julio Jones's through his first three seasons was 174 catches on 282 targets, 207, uh, 2,737 yards, and 20 touchdowns. So they're in the same vicinity. And I think what happened with Julio is he was very injured in his beginning. I think what this is telling Staggs is saying here is that Julio got over his injury to a degree and is the best, in my opinion, the best wide receiver in the league. And his thought is that maybe Sammy can get over this and be the best wide receiver in the league. Or where his draft capital had him. He was a fourth overall pick uh, four years ago. Yeah, but you know what? There were more flashes, I think, for for Julio early in his career than we've seen from uh, you know from Sammy Watkins. So I agree. Julio Jones in his rookie year, he had three games with double digit targets, um, and then you want to talk about that last season, right? Where the where where he got hurt and he played in five games. He had nine targets, 14, 12, 13, 11. He had over 100 yards in three straight games and had 99 yards in the last one. You're never going to have to try and sell me on Julio Jones over, over. but I, I was just putting it out there because Stags but this, but this is my point, though. Before the injury for Julio, he was on a major ascension. Yeah. Is my point. Now, he's, if he's, I, he's the best. So if, if you look at, at Sammy Watkins and, and you want to say that, okay, well, where are we trending? Well, he, he played at the end of last season, right? And he had one game that was memorable uh, against uh, Miami, seven catches for 154 yards and a touchdown. Otherwise, he had 31 yards, 10 yards, 54 yards, 38 yards, 80 yards, 20 yards, 43 yards. It, yes. It's not the same as Julio. Yeah, it's not. Not at all. And right now, uh, we've got him. Watkins is 20th wide receiver going. Yep. Uh, a lot of the guys beneath him, I'm taking over Watkins. Uh, all right. Cool. Um, uh, my first implosion is Giovanni Bernard. I'm going to keep this simple. It's injury, dude. The guy's injured. This is my year where I'm not going to get burned by guys that are coming off knee injuries that aren't playing right now. This guy is not practicing. He's not doing anything. And they drafted Mixon. I like Hill better regardless. I always thought that I've never been a big fan of uh, Giovanni Bernard. Uh, he's a third down back, but if you've got Mixon and Mixon's great, he's a three down player. You don't you don't need a, uh, a pass catching back if you've got a Mixon, and I think that's the role he fills um, immediately if he doesn't take Hill's job outright. Uh, Giovanni's never going to be the goal line because that might be Hill's only role. I just feel like Injury plus draft capital with Mixon plus Hill and what he does. 
The odd man out here, and no question in my mind, is Giovanni Bernard. And you're still seeing, um, you know, Giovanni's. I mean, I'm going to look at his ADP. I'm not saying he's going super high, but he's going higher than he should, considering he's not practicing. Uh, Gio is 60. So in the 14th round, I I still hate that. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I got nothing to say about Giovanni Bernard. We've I've already you've heard everything yeah. I've said about Joe Mixon and my feelings of what's going on there. So there's nothing. Yeah, to say. go go do your guys. So my next guy is C.J. Anderson. Um, and CJ to me, I'll, I'll give you what Stag says. Well, Jamal Charles couldn't get healthy last year and Devonta Booker was awful. Uh, if he stays healthy for a full 15 games, who's going to take his job? You know what? There may not be anyone to take his job, but why don't you tell me what his ADP is? Because he's like, uh, uh, like almost a running back to where he's going and he throws up so many duds that it's, not worth it where he, you know, to where the numbers roll out. He, okay. He had games. Uh, he started out hot last year and I, and I thought I was eating 24. He's the 24th running back. So he's in the fifth round. All right. And I thought I was eating. Oh my God. Uh, I had CJ Anderson when, when dogmatica and you convinced me to draft him two uh, the year before. And, uh, he destroyed my team. And then he comes out this year that last year, 92 yards and a touchdown in week one, 74 yards and a touchdown in week two. Then he goes and averages 2.6 yards a carry per, in the next game, followed by 2.6 yards per carry in the game after that, followed by a Valverde. Verde. We're being silent on the Valverde just because we can't have some good sound bites. But, yes, I am drinking a Lagunitas IPA, and I just Valverde it under, undercover lover uh, as I tongue my beer. And then, and then the following games, three point seven, three point seven yards per carry. So his performance was all from a couple big plays that gave him his better yards per carry. He throws up so many duds. He's not countable on uh, on a weekly basis. He doesn't. He's never stayed healthy for for a whole season. He's never had more than one hundred and seventy nine carries in his season, and that was back in two thousand fourteen. So, you know, when everyone thought that he was going to become this workload back, it's just it's not happening. So I'm not uh, I'm not sold on C.J. Anderson. I, I expect him to be another one of these. He'll give you a, a game or two. He's going to make you feel a little bit warm and fuzzy, and then he's going to. Just implode, and you're gonna wish you hadn't drafted him. <laughs> I like it. Warm the warm and fuzzies. All right, my next guy is gonna be Deshaun Jackson. I think he what he brings to the team at a football level for the Buccaneers as a newly signed field stretcher. I love it. What I think at the fantasy level, I think it could be a little problematic considering. Let me see, Deshaun Jackson, thirty two. So he's he's bas- he's still a wide receiver three. Uh, seventh rounder. I'm just a little bit concerned with them. They've got a lot of mouths to feed unless they realize or Doug Martin's not great and they realize they just need to throw the shit out of the ball. But they just brought in OJ as a, a draft pick. They signed Deshaun Jackson. They've got a top five wide receiver in Evans. And I'm just a little bit concerned. And Brait's Still solid. I don't think he's going anywhere. I'm a little concerned on he's always been a low-volume, high-impact yardage guy and had those big moments. 
But do you, don't you think those are even going to come down in this situation? I mean, how many games do you think he can really be a weak winner for you in this situation, being 30 years old? And I like him as a player. I like him as a talent. But I think it's like he's going to have two good games. Well, I, 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 I get what you're saying. Um, but even last year, um, he had four pass plays for over 50 yards. Two of them went for touchdowns at 67 and 80 yards. Um, you know, he's the most prolific big play receiver. So even though he had minimal looks, what was it, want? So he had 10 plays of 30 or more yards last year. Now let me go back to 2015 when he was um, – he had a bad year. He only played in what? It was 10 games, but he only finished with 30 receptions on the year. So this this give you a good idea if you want to call it out like on a down year for him. So thirty total receptions on the year, and he had four of them for forty or more yards. <laughs> Two of them going for touchdowns, sixty three and seventy seven. He's gonna give you those those couple of big games. You're right. I, I agree. It's a hell of a lot uh, more impressive than what it's gonna do for Jameis Winston, but. And I team. think is going to like that toy and having Mike Evans on the other side that commands all of the respect, I think that you're going to get, you know, the, close to 50 catches. And if he gets 50 catches, he's got a chance to give you 1,000 yards. I don't think he's going to have 50 catches. But if he does, I'm not saying you could be right. I'll say this. If you're in a PPR league, you can't think about this guy. If you are in a league, a standard league, standard format, doesn't matter if it's a 65-yard touchdown or a 22-yard touchdown, it, you're sitting there and you're getting six points, you can't think about this guy. you got to be in a big yardage, big uh, bonus point for a long touchdown league if you're thinking about Deshaun Jackson. The beauty about him and at the beginning of his career also, just so it's known, was he was a return guy. And if you were in those kind of leagues where you get some return action, he he was awesome. Anyway, I just think a uh, little bit, I think I look at the numbers and uh, the last couple of years are a lot different than the first four years when he was uh, um, on the Eagles. So let's go on to... The uh, next guy for you, Implosion, and Latavius Murray. Yeah, so, you know, he gets the move. He's he's going over to, to play for the Vikings. Um, you know, you don't have uh, Matt Asiata, the, the, the touchdown vulture there anymore. Um, so you, you look at it and you say, oh, I, I think that this is potential to be good. But, you know, he's just not that dynamic running back. Yeah. You know, he is uh, had, uh, what is it, a four-yard per carry uh, average over the last two seasons. Um, he had the 12 touchdowns last year, which doubled what he did uh, the year before. But he only had 788 yards compared to the 1,066 that he had in 2015. Now, the Vikings, as an offense, uh, still have Jarek McKinnon um, and – they still have a guy that's going to be the major impact there, and I think this is where you have to be understanding of just how impactful rookies can be, especially rookie running backs, and Dalvin Cook is going to make a major impression there in Minnesota, and that's going to pay play a major role while Latavius is, is going to have trouble. If Dalvin Cook 
can just shore up his blocking, his pure ability will put him ahead of Latavius. Now that's that's probably where Latavius is going to get the early advantage. But who who are you going to rather own uh, when it when it comes to your fantasy playoffs? Is it going to be Latavius Murray or is it going to be Dalvin Cook? I hated Latavius Murray this year before they drafted. Uh, Cook. We did a uh, a little debate on running backs and Stags went pro Latavius and I went negative and that was before they grabbed Dalvin Cook in the second round. So I yeah I'm just I'm just not on the Cook bandwagon. He's been able to score some touchdowns. Uh, you never know. He's a more proven commodity obviously than Cook. Uh, it's good that they still have McKinnon there, who's not a not a complete slouch. So. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of Latavius uh, at all right now. Um, I think, yeah. I, I'm just. Not, I'm just not down with that guy at, at all. Uh, let me see. Yep. Let me see where he's getting drafted, and we'll move on to the next dude. Um, Murray. Yeah, Latavius Murray is 33. So before we get on to my next implosion. And I'm not going to talk about Paul Perkins because we know you love him, so I'm going to cross him off. Uh, Let's listen to this. All right, I can make this one quick, too, because I brought up Eddie Lacy, and we talked about him kind of at length. Um, My D-Rex implosion, Eddie Lacy, there's really not much to say. I just like Rawls, and I think uh, Eddie Lacy eye test for me the last couple years. Never been a huge fan. I think he was a byproduct of uh, a sweet offense that people just didn't pay attention to the running back. Uh, and I just don't think that that passing game is dynamic enough for the Seattle Seahawks that Lacey is all of a sudden going to come in and be some stud. What do you think? I, I mean, again, I'm I kind of I kind of like Lacey, but I just don't like where now he's his draft his position to keep moving up. Um, so I liked him when he was more of a value, but I, I, I understand what you're saying. He's, he has all the question marks in the world. You, you, if you, if you're going for him, you're either going to be a genius, you're going to be a complete toolbox. So, um, and I'm not going to, I, I had stuck my neck out on him before, but not where he's currently going in ADP. I'm, I'm with you. The last two years, he's toolboxed the hell out of you. Um, <laughs> all right, let's go to your guy, big Ben as an implosion. Um, and then we'll move on to our explosion guys. All right. So, you know, and big Ben, he's going right now as the ninth quarterback. So it's in the seventh round. Um, but I, I look, I understand you got Martavis Bryant coming back and you still have Antonio Brown and you have Le'Veon Bell, who's the uh, ultimate weapon uh, that does everything. So there is so much reason to think that well, what's the problem. Well, the problem for me is, is age, uh, number one, uh, and just the amount of hits that Roethlisberger has been taking over uh, his career because he stands in the pocket, because he's able to create those plays. But the problem is, is that that's caused him not to be able to play through a full season for the last two years. Um, and actually, he's only played in his um, how many how many years has he been in the league since two thousand four? Yeah. So, uh, so what is that uh, like? 13 years in the league. He's only played a complete slate of games uh, three three times. So, uh, you know, 
there comes a point in time where it catches up to you. So, you know, when Peyton Manning was, was doing what he was doing, he was basically playing in every game still. Tom Brady plays in, in every game unless he's suspended. Um, so <laughs> those guys play. Drew Brees plays in every game. So Phil Rivers plays every game. Phil, ben Roethlisberger doesn't play every game. Yeah. Besides 2014, where he had a, a great season, Roethlisberger has always been like, it seems like a top six quarterback drafted. And he's always like, I guess 2013 and 14, he had some nice seasons. But he's always, at least the last couple of years, been about 10 to 12 uh, slots lower at the end of the season than when he was drafted. And and, and, and that was he's like you said he's not getting any younger. Uh, I like the Bryant's addition, but eh, he's he just doesn't deliver on where he goes. I I I I close his stats, but you can tell me if you're looking at it there. I don't believe that also in his illustrious career he's ever thrown more than 32 touchdowns in a season. <coughs> I am looking, yeah, 32 in 2007. And 32 in 2014. No. So, you know, when you talk about these guys that you can this draft. the only two 30-yard, 30-touchdown 30 seasons. He's had 29. Yeah. So that means he's only had three seasons since 2004 with over 29 touchdowns. So that's scary, right? Because it's like when you're talking about these guys who you think have the potential to be that dynamic quarterback – that that can be that top five. He's got to be able to throw forty touchdowns. You know, yeah. it, it, it's not going to happen when you got Le'Veon Bell. And let's be honest, this isn't a guy that takes care of himself like a Breeze or a uh, a, a, a Brady, where this is some guy that's going to play into his deep into his forties, and he's slowing down his game of being able to shuck off defenders and. And not have uh, and extend the play. Those days are are dwindling. So they drafted Joshua Dobbs this year to kind of be his replacement. I don't think it's quite yet. Uh, obviously, Ben Roethlisberger is a good player, but he's already luring out how he's going to be um, how he's going to be year to year. Anyways, Bilal Powell is going to be my next one. I'm going to do Stag's little read up here. If Bilal Powell can see an uptick in just a few carries. He will be a useful running back as he once as he was one of the most heavily used backs on third down. So it's a third down back that right now I think he's going way too high. And I like Bilal Powell as a player, but I'm a little nervous that I still like Forte. I think this is going to be a shitty offense that might score less touchdowns than most teams in the league, if not every single one of them. Uh, so Blow Powell is going to 32. Again, I probably should have afterwards where it looked more at ADP stuff. I just am picking guys that I don't think are going to be good. Um, but, yeah, Bilal's one of them. So let's move on. Are we good with that? You got anything to say on Bilal? No, we can leave it there. And um, we got uh... – Explosion time. Let's burn through some of these explosion guys. I think some of them are we we agree. Um, let's go on. Let's go with you first. I love this player, but his ADP is enormous. Terrell Pryor. Yeah. So Terrell Pryor. Um, you can tell me what is, what is, his ADP has gone up. Where is it at now? Oh, 
Yeah, he's 15. Okay, I still like him at 15. <laughs> he's a third. He's a he's a mid to later third round pick in 12 team leagues. Well, and you could even say this. This one could be maybe more or less. Uh, uh, what do you call it? ADP driven. And just like as a player, I think he's going to have a huge explosion of a year for what he's done. You know? And have huge games. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I, I mean, so I, I, you look at him, and uh, he's coming off of a, of, a, of a year where he had um, – oh, crap. Where, where is his damn stats? <laughs> I lost him there. Um, there we go. 1,000 yards with the Cleveland Browns. Four touchdowns. The Washington Redskins no longer have Pierre Garçon. They no longer have Deshaun Jackson. It's going to be Jordan Reed, Jamison Crowder, and Terrell Pryor. Terrell Pryor uh, had 140 targets last year. I don't think he's necessarily going to have more targets than that, but his conversion rate was only 55%. Remember we talked about um, uh, with the 76% conversion rate that uh, Michael Thomas had last year. This is going to be a huge plus when he's going to go from what he had in Cleveland last year to having Kirk Cousins throwing him the ball and that they're going to be designing lots of different plays for him. He's going to be the man, and I can easily see him with those 140 targets being a 90-catch guy who gets 1,200 yards, and his four touchdowns is easily going to go up to about at least seven, if not nine. Yeah, no. This guy's going to be a stud. He's changed over from being a quarterback, um, and he's finally now, I think this is probably his third year being a wide receiver, gets it. Uh, he's a stud. Uh, some Having a, a Cousins throw him the pill with the departure of Garcon and um, – and Deshaun Jackson, it's it's going to be a good time. He's already Cousins is already like, holy fuck, I'm going to get this guy the ball. Uh, he's locked in. I love it. And also, the one thing that you got to remember, career year, I mean contract year, he signed a one-year deal. This guy came and said, you know what, I'm going to go to a pass-heavy team. I'll sign. I'm going to bet on myself, one-year deal. I'm going to tell you who's going to bet on themselves. It's going to be out of him and Alshon Jeffrey, both did the one-year bet on. I'm going to – I like – uh, Terrell Pryor having a better season with Washington than Alshon betting on himself in Philadelphia. I agree. I agree. Cool. Let's move on to my first, uh, Derek Carr about to sign a major deal. Um, I don't know. I think I know Staggs hates this guy. Um, he just he just does. But he's on my explosion list as well. Yeah, it, both both Pryor and Carr for us are on our explosion list. And, um, you know, I just think if he had not gotten the, that injury to his hand last year, um, certain ways you can frame it that he, he wasn't the greatest, but he was just getting it done. And what wide receivers do you like at one and two more than what he's got right now in Amari Cooper? And, and hey, now. Nice. You got Brookie going over there? Um, uh, Mr. Brownie. So he's Carr's got uh, Pro Football Focus's fourth best rated offensive line. Awesome. Um, essentially, uh, if he didn't break his uh, – he had his hand injury, I think, early in the season, week five, six, or seven. But then he broke his fibula. He was playing injured all last season. All last season. Um, he's on an up-and-coming team. Here's the stat. Here's a couple Scott Barrett. Follow him on um, on Twitter. 
guy is friggin' great from Pro Football Focus. Carr has the fourth best TD to inch interception ratio of all time right now. Another Scott Barrett stat is Carr is on a short list of players to throw for uh, less than five to more than 500 yards, four TDs, and zero picks in a game. Uh, the only others in NFL history are Roethlisberger and T.Y. Tittle, uh, Y.A. Tittle, old Giants player. I, I, I went for the TNS, TNA. Um, yeah, T.N.A. Tittle. T.N.A. I don't know. I just think the guy is a thrower. He's done it. He almost had uh, 4,000 yards last year um, or two years ago, I'm sorry, and actually the last two years. He almost said 4,000 yards last year and before. Obviously, 4,000 yards is, is is kind of should happen for a guy like this. But he's he, he's just he's he's on that precipice of being able to get it done. If he can play 16 games, I like him as a guy that's not going. I like him as a top five quarterback with that talent, with that offense, with that team. I like him. Yeah, you know what? Look, it's a team that's on the rise. Um, they're, they're a young offense. They're playing in, um, a division that has been a little bit tough for them, right? Cause you have tough defenses in, in Kansas city and in Denver, but that only makes him better. And look, even with that, um, his, he only threw six interceptions last year. So on 560 pass attempts, that's pretty remarkable. Yeah. So, um, again, like a 1% of his passes are, are going for an interception. He controls the ball. You have great targets. Now he's also got a tight end, right? Yeah. So uh, we'll see. I don't know. I'm not too sold on Cook. but He's I, a player that, that, that has the potentials that you have to worry about. Yeah, he's going to have a couple good games. I agree. I, yeah, no, it, it's, better, it's better than what they've had with Riviera and – who I thought was going to be a good player. I'm spacing his name, the guy out of Miami. He sucked. Yeah, he sucked. Uh, I, I drafted him last year, too. I can't We liked him. We liked, liked him. Five Walford. Yeah, Walford. Uh, all right, let's move on. I think I'll do the before with Carr. Um, it's definitely Stag Party's least favorite fantasy football player, so we'll give him his chance to shit on it while he's not here. Uh, Carr had the 18th overall yards per attempt number in the league last season. And Carr finished 13th in fantasy points per game and is currently the sixth QB off the board in 2017. He is going at a high high price, but what I've noticed is it hasn't been that way really. So let's go on to the next one. Uh, for you, you are going to do a uh, Christian McCaffrey explosion, and uh, we're sitting here in about we're we, we're not in that much of a rush, but let's let's power through because we still have our winners and losers. Yeah, so McCaffrey right now he's um, he's been climbing up the boards too. So, uh, but he's as a 16th running back uh, off the boards. I think I have him around like number 12 in my uh, running backs right now. He has all the opportunity to take it to the uh, to the next level. He doesn't have he doesn't have to play with young Cam Newton. He's playing with Cam Newton, who after getting busted up in the Super Bowl said, I'm not going to put my ass on the line as much last year. And he's going to be the person that he'll defer to more. So you, you don't have to worry that much about Jonathan Stewart because Jonathan Stewart doesn't have the capability to do the things that McCaffrey can do on the field. Um, you also have the fact that Ted Ginn is no longer there. So 
who's going to be that big play threat for them. McCaffrey can do that. He can be spread out as a wide receiver. He can be used out of the backfield. You can use him in shotgun. You can use him in eye formations. You can you can do so many different things. You can do the, the you can do the run read option with him. So I just think that they're going to have a great time figuring out. And again, the other thing that you got to love is what can you do once you get the ball and you get past that first line of defense. Well, I do like the size of his wide receivers, uh, having Benjamin and Funches downfield to be able to do some downfield blocking, and that in turn can create some long touchdowns. So especially for me, if you're in leagues that give bonuses for long touchdowns, and pretty much every league that I am is, he's definitely on my list because he is that explosion, explosion waiting to happen. Yeah, he as far as dynasty goes, he's he's sort of a lock in my opinion. He's got that NFL pedigree. His dad is an NFL player, two-time champion, Easy Ed McCaffrey. And let's just say, if you watched this guy play at Stanford, there's just no question about it. This isn't some white guy that is all right. He's played against the best talent and always duped them and. He's fast, he's strong, he's great pass catcher, he's probably the best one-cut running back uh, to be drafted in a really long time. This guy's going to be great. So the fact that he's going right now as high as he is at ADP, we have him in our collective tiers ranked as the running back 14, is no surprise. I think the team knows they need a guy like this. I think Cam knows he needs to take the pressure off himself to extend his career and for them to get back to the promised land as they once did this, they are all in on McCaffrey. So why shouldn't we be? Yep. Absolutely. There's nothing I've seen that would tell me otherwise. All right. Um, Who's your next guy? Uh, well, Hunter Henry was on the list, so I'm going to take him out. Cause we talked about him a lot. Uh, Hunter Henry. I love him for all the reasons we talked about earlier in the show. Um, Martavis Bryant is going to be my next explosion factor. Everyone's saying he's a stud. Of course, he's looking great again. Obviously we're worried about, you know, one little wrong puffy or uh, drug test is it fucks the whole shit up. Um, but that goes for the Steelers as much as your fantasy team. Martavis Bryant is one of my favorite players to watch play this game. He is one of the most elite talents at the wide receiver position. I'd give him top 20 over the last 20 years. Um, and I think that he's uh, he's learned from his sins, and he's ready. He knows that uh, Ben's going to be gone in a little bit, and he's going he's gonna to be an explosion guy. I think I'm all in on, on Martavis. He will be on every one of my teams. I will overdraft him, and there will be a few duds, but there will be a lot of explosive games. Yeah, uh, 100%. I mean, I, I don't think there's much else to say. I mean, he the guy is, when he's in the game and on, he's unbelievable. It's like watching the he's, – he's on rails, that guy. All right. Um, let me, let's let go me, to, let me yeah, give you go. the guy who I always talk about, uh, my favorite guy, Jameis Winston. And, um, you know, you look at it, look, he's – Thrown for over 4,000 yards, two years in a row. Uh, went from 22 touchdowns to 28 touchdowns. He does have one 
slight problem, and that's interceptions. He threw 15 as, as a rookie and 18 last year. You're but, an enabler, Houdini. You're an enabler. Oh, it's a slight problem. I'm kidding. <laughs> he's still plus 17 touchdowns and interceptions on his, on his two-year career, so that's good. And the, and the best part about it is this, because he will have the ability to have bigger games, right, than, than, than like when you're looking at Derek Carr, who's kind of been around the same way. Tampa Bay is built to be throwing the ball now with the – ability that we saw that Cameron Brake brought to the offense at tight end last year with them bringing on OJ Howard uh, as another tight end to bring into this offense with Mike Evans as dynamic as he is. And now you're actually giving it the opportunity to bring in Deshaun Jackson, who is the specialist to take the top off of the defenses where Mike Evans was having problems connecting last year. That just it now becomes a puzzle that starts fitting together more perfectly. And, the you know, Jameis maybe where he pushes a little bit too hard sometimes, I think it's going to pay off this year where you're going to have like some about three or four just monster games. I like that call. Do you think that um, with – obviously we know that Doug Martin's missing the first four games. Uh, Sims is healthy, and they actually uh, brought on. I'm spacing the guy's name right now, but they brought on the the guy from Boise. Um, do you think that having that running back situation a little more um, considered and ready to roll this year is going to bring his numbers down, or does that help him in the through the passing attack? Because anybody McNichols is the guy from Boise. Yeah, any of those guys uh, that are there, it doesn't really matter. None of those guys are real dominators. And quiz, Did you quiz all over your face. Quiz all over your face only can do it in in, in little spurts. That's the quiz. <laughs> so he doesn't, he doesn't he doesn't have he doesn't have a big load. <laughs> he can't carry the load for the whole season. <laughs> Oh my God! Gayest thing we've said in a long time, but we're thinking porn style, red tube, red tube. We're going. Um, not, not Pride Month. I, I, I look. He needs to have some balance out of the running the running game, but at the same time, in that in that division that they play in, it's it's up and down the field. You know, with with uh, New Orleans and with Atlanta. You know. That's opportunity where you're just going to have to be putting up and being some some real gunslinging, go to war type games, and I think he's it's just going to be a good thing for him this year. Well, I just noticed one thing, and we'll just use this because we're going to be able to knock out a whole segment for you. Your Houdini's top four league winner guys this year are Jameis Winston, Christian McCaffrey, Terrell Pryor, and Hunter Henry, who we've all talked about already. So is there any last words that you want to say on these four guys? Because um, we won't really have to cover them again. Yeah, so just quickly, I went for one player in every position. So Jameis, who you're getting, what, is he, uh, is he, was he the 11th uh, quarterback going off the boards right now? Uh, Christian McCaffrey, maybe, who I'm jumping up a little bit higher on. Terrell Pryor as well. But, again, 
I just think that the upside ceilings with these guys is just ridiculous. And I want high upside, and I want players that can take it and break it. Huge chunk plays. And uh, Winston's going to throw for him. McCaffrey's going to catch and run for him. Pryor's going to get just a, a high volume and a much better catch ratio. And you're going to see the birth. And uh, as you had said about all the stats about Hunter Henry and what he did as a rookie, better than Gronk or anybody else, look out. Cool. My next guy, I'm going to go at the bottom of my list on my explosion factors. Guy we talked about a lot. No, Don't need to go too much into it. But when it comes to explosion, Ben Roethlisberger, along with probably Joe Flacco, are those two guys that have these outlier games that are ridiculous. And while I don't love maybe Ben's ADP and I don't love him over a full season, when you look at the home versus away splits and you see the games that he can have in his career, he dominates in many times. Let's talk. Last year, he had one, two, three, four, five games of over 300 yards. That's not that much. One game over 400. He had four games of five games of over three touchdowns, one of which was uh, five and one the other which was four. So he had three three TD games, four three TD games, a uh, four touchdown game, and a five touchdown game. That's all I have to say about him. You got a five touchdown game, a four touchdown, and four three five. Oh my god, I'm botching these numbers. One, two, three, a five three touchdown games out of this guy. He's explosion if there ever was one. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, if you want, if you want that big game win the week kind of thing, he's one of the best. So your explosion, I'm implosion. <laughs> I'm Big Ben. Hey, implosion, but I like your implosion is is, is correct in, in the way you're doing it. But in games, explosion factor, this guy, he's one of two quarterbacks to have a, a six-touchdown game, right? Yeah, and he's thrown over 500 yards, I think, twice. Yeah, and he has a 400-yard game every season. Yeah, at least. And now, and now he's got Martavis Bryant back, who is probably, in my opinion, the most explosive wide receiver in the league. Yeah. Don't right. like him. Don't like him early in game to game, but I like him in small doses. Um, all right. So let's go to your let's go to your next deal, and that's going to be Jameson Crowder, explosion factor, Deeney. Yeah, so obviously it seems like I'm, I'm a fan of uh, Washington here uh, when it comes to Terrell Pryor and uh, Jamison Crowder. So the, the thing that I like about Crowder is, look, he's been pretty effective in his first two seasons, and that's been uh, as, what, the fourth, fifth option in, in the passing game. So last year proved his worth, um, caught 67 passes of uh, – for 847 yards, seven touchdowns. Now, this is also a guy that uh, takes uh, kick returns and uh, or punt returns uh, as well. So, um, you know, he had a, a punt return touchdown uh, last year as well. So it was eight total touchdowns on the season for him. And now you don't have Pierre Garçon. Now you don't have uh, Deshaun Jackson. So it's going to be uh, Terrell Pryor. Uh, Jordan Reed and uh, and my man here. So I think Crowder is going to be the guy that's going to see his targets easily go as they've gone up each year from 78 to 99. He'll break the 100 uh, 
uh, target level, and he'll 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 go right through it. He should be at a, himself at about 120 targets this year. So with those 120 targets, you can probably count count him in for close to 80 catches, and he should be close to a thousand yards. So with that uh, value, it, it's pretty it's pretty awesome to take. So um, I'll I'll take. 80 catches for 1,050 yards and, and seven or eight touchdowns, especially when I'm not having to pay for it until the seventh round. So he's the 33rd wide receiver that's going out there. He has absolutely opportunity for for explosion, and uh, I, I'm just I, I'm digging on it. I, I, I really just think that with what Washington has, is doing, you, you're going to get some opportunities. And he, Now, granted, he, he, you have to look at it, too. As a slot receiver last year, he had 300-yard games last year. So he's shown the ability to, to be that explosion guy. He actually had a run of uh, a touchdown in three straight games, and he had scored, uh, uh, what is it, uh, he didn't have more so until the end of the year. Everything fell apart for him at the very end, but he was on pace to do some major damage, and I just think that uh, Jamison's A number one. I'm, I'm happy with it, 33rd wide receiver. I'm loving it. And he's going to blow up, and I can't hear you. <laughs> so D-Rex is trying to talk. I had, yeah, I had, I, had it on, uh, I had it on mute, sorry. Um, did you mention uh, while I was away uh, Stag Party's input? Go for it. Okay. In two seasons, has never had two touch, a two-touchdown game or a game with more than 110 receiving yards. He's more of a PPR play than an explosion factor player. I don't agree with that. He is a PPR machine. Uh, let's just be honest on that one. But I think that this year there are going to be some huge Terrell games uh, prior. I think there are going to be some huge Reed games, and I think there are going to be some huge Crowder games. And the departure of uh, Garcon and uh, Deshaun Jackson help those three, I think, that are on Washington. But I still think it's going to be kind of uh, hot potato and passed around on when you get those big games. Crowder, I think, out of all those guys – will have a lot he will he won't be like the five for fifty. He'll have a lot of more like seven catches, seventy yards. Maybe he doesn't have a TD, but he's gonna have a, a consistent flow throughout the season, I think, with Crowder. Well, yeah, with, one- with, with some explosion games like you say. Yeah, but then the other thing too, it's like until the end of the year last year, he was he didn't have more than two games in a row without a touchdown. It was like he was he scored seven touchdowns and he didn't have any in the last four games. So you know the potential is there, um, and again, without those other guys on the field, it just opens the door. And Crowder, just the last thing I'll say about him is he was like a, a first-round talent, I think out of Kentucky, maybe Duke, um, one of those two. Duke, okay. He was a first-round talent, but he was a, a beat his girlfriend. So this is a guy that dropped down in the draft because of uh, off-field issues. Hasn't shown a lick of that uh, since being a pro, and he's 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 sweet. So, all right, I like that call a lot. I'll go over to Brandon Cooks, Explosion. I'm not a huge Cooks fan. I think he's going way too high. He will not be on any of my teams. But right now we're talking about explosion factor. And Cooks is going to, as he has for every year, the last three years he's been in the league, he has ginormous games. He had him with Breeze. He's going to have him with Brady. This guy is going to put up 
He's going to have some solid games. He's going to have some duds, I think, because they have a lot of talent over there and a lot of mouths to feed, and Brady likes to spread it around. Edelman's going to have his games. Gronk's going to have his games. Friggin' Hogan's going to have his games. And there's going to be games when it's all on the ground and Gillisley and, and White and those guys are doing it. It is going to be spread around, but Cooks is going to have three or four games where he literally wins you the week. Yeah. I I, I think he's just uh, – I, I agree. Uh, he has, He's an explosion-type player. But, again, uh, as far as where his ADP and where I would do it, he won't be on my team. Except that he's on my team right now as a keeper. It, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're loving that. You're loving that because, let's be honest, him and Ingram on the Saints, there was an issue. Coach Payton did not like Cooks, and he does not like Ingram. And that's one of the reasons why I like an Adrian Peterson, who we're going to talk about in a bit. Uh, so I'll just hold off. But he he just certain he doesn't like certain guys. So um, Cooks, we'll see. Amazing stat: Cooks is the same age as Michael Thomas. Wow. Michael Thomas is a rookie last year. Cooks is going in his fourth year. Both of them are 24. That's crazy. So let me give you my next guy, uh, Adam Thielen. And not only does he have uh, explosion, he's he's sleep, sleeper, super sleeper, um, uh, death storm seeker. Uh, you, you, you need to be drafting this player because he has amazing big playability. Now, he's... Gendering his fourth year, uh, he did nothing in his first two seasons. It was like a total of like three, less than 300 total receiving yards. And came in right off the gun and had a decent start and had his first 100-yard game in uh, his fifth game. Seven catches for 127. Um, put up some touchdowns, five touchdowns. He gave you another big uh, game, a 100-yard game toward the end of the year. Uh, and then came his game against Green Bay, where he caught 12 passes for 202 yards and two touchdowns. So you talk about explosion. There's your explosion. Who does he have to deal with on the team? Well, you have Stephon Diggs, who is basically the guy who gets all the volume but doesn't get the big plays. You have Laquan Treadwell, who hasn't proven that he can do jack squat. Uh, you have Kyle Rudolph who was at career highs for everything that he did last year, uh, but still not that dynamic weapon. Thielen is the downfield threat. Thielen is the guy that they look at for the big plays. And the best part is that you look at his his season last year, basically had more than uh, three targets in all but three games last year. Well, the one guy that scared me when they signed him was Michael Floyd. But now... There's the legal issues and this whole passed outness that's coming back around because he tested positive for drinking alcohol. He's saying it's some other, you know, supplement or whatever. But I was a little worried. Yeah, I was a little worried about him getting signed for Thielen's sake. But I, something tells me that potentially um, Michael Floyd's going to get cut here uh, pretty soon. Yeah, based on I, I, what's going on. I don't, I don't feel much anything for, uh, for what Michael Floyd's going to do. Well, let's go to your last guy here in the uh, explosion, and he's, for me, uh, a guy that I love as a league winner. Um, so we can kind of bundle those together, and that's Jimmy Graham 
is an explosion guy for you. And I think Jimmy Graham is going to be uh, he's going to be the kind of guy that I think can. Um, He's not the highest value. He's still going pretty high, but I think he could. He's going to have a. He's going to have a a great season and could be a win. We league winner. Sorry. Yeah. Well, think about it this way. Everyone's down on Jimmy Graham, right? Because why? Because Jimmy Graham is not the Jimmy Graham that he was uh, in. 2013 and 2014 when he scored 26 touchdowns. But everyone loved Jimmy Graham in 2012 leading into that 2013 season when he caught 85 passes for 982 yards and nine touchdowns. So last year he only caught 65 passes, 923 yards and six touchdowns. That's a bad year for Jimmy. So you, you're looking at what they're doing in Seattle, and that was also where uh, it's taken him and, and Russell Wilson a little bit of time to jive together. But you can definitely see that it's it's coming around, and the explosion factor for him is is, is phenomenal. And and again, it's it's taken a little bit of time, you know. But he did have 300 yard games last season, so. I just think that with everything that Seattle can do, I love what Jimmy's going to bring to the offense. I, I, and be I, I, this year even more so that he'll be able to do. I see him being a double-digit touchdown scorer, and I see him being a thousand-yard receiver. Last year, he was number four tight end in standard scoring. Um, he probably has three of the top ten, maybe twelve fantasy football seasons at the tight end position ever. This is the just complete explosion player. And he's in the perfect situation because for whatever reason, they have not added wide receiver talent above and beyond Doug uh, Doug Baldwin, who is in all honesty, awesome because he's just their best wide receiver. But if you put him on Oakland, he'd be wide receiver three. Um, it's it's just as simple as that. So Jimmy Graham is going to – he's probably the best weapon it, through the passing game on Seattle. I love Baldwin, but I think Jimmy Graham's more of a weapon. He's over the knee injuries. He's, his touchdowns are way down over the past couple of years, which I think still being able to be a top uh, four – Tight end last he was four last year and the year before that he yeah he was a little lower he was seventeen let me see the year before that he only had the six but he was, in, but he was injured that one oh then Jimmy Graham his last year with New Orleans was three um, let me look at that one year that two years ago Graham played eleven games anyway I think Jimmy Graham league winner. I don't think we need to talk about him too much. I I agree. I think I have him as a league winner. You had him as an explosion guy, so I'm knocking those out. Let me do my last explosion, and then um, we've already done your league winners, so we'll talk a few, few three of my league winners, and then we'll go to our league, league losers. Um, my last guy is Devonta Parker. Again, um, Miami, I think he's going into his third year. Am I expecting him to be this consistent stalwart in fantasy football every week? I'm not. 
you know, I'm, I, my expectations are hopefully that Tannehill is fully um, healthy and engaged. And I think this with the JGI, with Gase, with a good offensive line, I think this team's going to be pretty good. Now they brought back um, a tight end. Um, what's the guy's name? Uh, oh. The, guy, the dude from uh, Jaguars via Broncos. Uh, Julius Thomas. Orange. Thomas. God, I hate that guy. I've never had him on one of my teams, but Gay seems to have plans for him. Devonta Parker, I like him as an explosion factor guy. I think that his ADP and his where he's going, I like a lot. He'll be on a lot of my teams. I'm going to give you it's 38th. So you get him in the eighth round, but we're talking about explosion factor players. Devonta Parker will have three enormous games this year. All right. I, I agree. I Look. Parker is that big explosion play threat. Now the, the question is, the best way to get him is if you're in a best uh, ball league. <laughs> uh, because otherwise, trying to find that week, it's it, hopefully he brings more consistency to it because I, I think that not only he has the uh, ability, because, look, the one thing that Jarvis Landry has shown is that he can be a volume-type guy, but he's not really that red zone guy uh, or that super downfield guy. So Parker just needs to be more productive, and and, uh, and Tannehill is not – been a very great downfield passer as well. So if they can finally get that cohesion going, and if he can just get complete one more out of every five that he normally does uh, to to Parker, that would make a huge difference and give him huge explosion potential. He's a first round pick. He's a six three guy. He's only twenty four years old. Um, I, I, I like I like what can happen with him, and he's not going high. And he's got that he's got that blow up factor. So I'd rather take him over a lot of guys right in that same vicinity. That's for sure. I'll take a Devontae Parker over Emmanuel Sanders. Would you? Yeah. Would you take Diggs or Parker? Uh, yeah, I would take. I'd probably take Diggs, if, especially because most of the leagues I play in are PPR. But if yeah. you're asking me based on. Um, explosion type play of who's who's going to win me more weeks the problem is i think that probably parker wins me more weeks but Diggs keeps me in more weeks i can start Diggs more confidently on a weekly basis than i can parker makes sense all right i like it so those uh, that uh, ends our uh, houdini and d-rex explosion players i hope you guys enjoyed that one um Give us a second as we uh, try and listen to a few of our sponsors, and this time we'll our lead-in won't be uh, crude. Holla for a dollar. Last thing I'm going to say, Pyro pro, uh, promo. Sign up for Pyro Pro. The shit's ridiculous. You can ask us direct questions. Um, if you sign up for a year, it means a year from the day you sign up. So if you sign up tomorrow, uh, June 22nd, that means you'll have for $40, you'll have your Pyro Pro membership until June 22nd of 2018. So do it. You can ask us direct second uh, opinions, and it's just, it's just a great way to go. Uh, we're there for you every step of the way. Uh, good little things like the resource toolbox are a part of it. And um, let's do it. Pyro Pro. You win when you join. (laughs) 
That's a great tagline. Yeah. I got I got caught up on the Ertz. We missed Ertz. All right. Great. Yeah. You win when you join. I sound so confident in that one. Um, all right. I'm going to quickly go through some league winners for me. And we'll, um, we're two hour, almost three hours, and we still got the league losers, so we'll, we'll, we'll make them fast. Pierre Garçon, for me, I know that 49ers are shit. I know that team's uh, got a tough situation. You got Hoyer, which is better than Kaepernick for fantasy football, but he's rejoined with Shanahan. I just think he's a league winner. Uh, his, his ADP right now is, is, is awesome. Uh, Garcon is, wow, 39th, 39th wide receiver. He's a wide receiver one on an NFL team that has a quarterback in Hoyer that made everyone from Josh Gordon to um, when he was on Texans, Andre Hopkins. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins made him, DeAndre Hopkins hasn't looked anywhere near his fantasy self since Ho- since Hoyer left. You mean Cameron Meredith uh, looked pretty good, or who was it for yeah. the Bears that make him look good? So the thing is this, and, and again, being on a bad team, they're going to be playing from behind. This is why I don't like Carlos Hyde. Um, so that leads to Pierre Garçon is going to get a lot of opportunities, and Hoyer is, is very competent, and he can – and he. And and so is Garcon. Garcon's proven to be one heck of a receiver that's had a, a very nice career. Well, absolutely. And he had his best years with um, uh, with uh, Shanahan. Here's a funny thing with Hoyer. Hoyer last year. Um, looking for Hoyer. Looking for Hoyer in all the wrong places. In his starts last year, Hoyer. This is funny. He had four starts. He had four 300-yard games. Yeah, I don't think Cutler had one in any of the games uh, before that. Cutler, I don't. Cutler had like a, an insane few number of 300-yard games in his entire career as a Bear. So week three against Dallas, four against Detroit, five against Indiana, and, and six against uh, Jacksonville. He had 300-yard games in all of them, and against Indiana, he almost had 400. It's 397 yards. This guy is fantasy relevant. Garcon is a good player, and he's just going to get fed the ball. His target city, I'm all in. Uh, that's all I'll say on Garcon. Uh, another guy, we don't need to talk about it, that I think is a league winner is uh, someone that you had in your uh, sleepers, Samaje Perrine. I love it. I think that you're just going to get you're going to get the value with that guy. And if everything happens the way it, if, if the utmost of everything happens the way it could, Samaje Perrine is going to be a league winner for you. Last guy I'm going to put on this one is Adrian Peterson. I personally think that the New Orleans Saints don't like Mark Ingram. I know Coach um, Peyton doesn't like him. Uh, I think he's going to get traded. I think someone's going to come to them. You've heard rumors of a lot of different teams uh, out there. They're looking, maybe Packers, maybe there's other teams out there that's just going to say, you know what, we don't have to give up that much to get an every down back. And these guys would rather go with the uh, next three years with an Adrian Peterson. I have a feeling that Mark Ingram's going to get traded. And that's the reason why they brought in Peterson. That's the reason why they drafted uh, Kamara. I think he was a 
second or third rounder, pretty so, high. So what do you think that they can get for for Ingram? Not much, but they'll get rid of him. They don't have to pay him, and pay I don't him. think they like him. I don't think they like him as a person. Remember what was going on last year when he so, wasn't getting touchdowns and they would give they would pull him out in high tower and then yeah. and all of a sudden like the first half of last season it was like New Orleans hates Ingram and Ingram hates New Orleans and then somehow in the second half of the season things changed it almost felt like for trading value in many ways all of a sudden he had a great second half of the season and got to a thousand yards for his first time ever. I don't know. I think they're. I think they're ready to get rid of this guy. I think they're. Yeah, if AP can be healthy, they're all in on him. When teams get tired of of talented players, that look, the Bears got Brandon Marshall uh, for a fifth round pick. That's it. You're not going to get much for him, but it's almost like uh, addition by subtraction, you know. Yeah. And you, it sounds like everything's good right now with him and AP, but in the locker room. At a certain point, if AP's doing it and he's not getting the carries, he's going to start bitching. So just get rid of it. I think he's going to get traded. Anyway, those are my four league winners. We went through yours, which are Winston, McCaffrey, Pryor, and Hunter Hunter Henry. Um, Henry Hunter. Henry. All right. I love it. Let's do um, Let's do your – let's go first with one of your league losers. We talked about Carlos Hyde, so I don't think – and we talked about a lot of these guys. Jeremy Hill. So, so just again, uh, yep. we'll volley it back and forth. Carlos Hyde, I have no faith in him. Um, Stag Party's uh, comment is, uh, hey, he's drafted as the running back 17 at the end of the third. My comment is, hey, he's still going to give you shit numbers. <laughs> third, third round for Hyde on a shitty non-touchdown crappy offense except through Hoyer and and being behind. When you're behind, like the 49ers are going to be, they're not running the ball with Carlos Hyde. Well, that's why Carlos Hyde only averages like, I think it's like in his career at the most, like um, in a season, I think it's like 16 carries per game. Because you're never going to get to be able to touch the ball 20 times a game when you're when you're playing from behind. Yep. All right, uh, let's go to so Jeremy Hill, Carlos Hyde. Let's let's talk about someone that it, it, we haven't talked about. That's in your uh, bottom four um, guys that you think will players will draft and they're league losers. Uh, give me give me a little. Uh, what's this Whitman Price and Haddad? Tell me about that. Well, the, so. <laughs> I'll give you I'll give you Haddad. That's uh, Demarius Thomas. And those of you who don't know who Whitman Price and Haddad are, uh, go watch the original Running Man uh, because I thought those were last year's winners. Wrong, baby. Those are last year's losers. Jim Brown, one of the greatest to ever do it. One of the best parts that you know that uh, the Running Man was a movie. Uh, that it was taken from a Stephen King short story. Yeah, it's awesome. When, it was, uh, uh, when he was under uh, Bachman. Yeah, awesome. Probably, I think that's he was writing that shit when he worked at a uh, at a uh, a laundromat. Like yeah, literally, all the main books. Cujo. Uh, yeah. What? Which, what? What should you say? The, the short story, The Mangler, was from when he worked at the uh, at that uh, cleaning place. I know he wrote Cucho, or at least he started that. Like, this guy worked at a friggin' 
laundromat Stephen King and wrote some of the most seminal, amazing books of all time. Just shows you. Uh, all right, Demarius Thomas for you. League loser, why do you feel in it? You know, uh, okay, he's, he's uh, what, wide receiver 18? I just don't feel it with Demarius anymore. It, it, he's, he's, I look at him and I, and I feel it that he's kind of seems kind of soft. You give him that big hit early, you can make him disappear. Um, I'm not getting the explosion type uh, games out of him that I that I would expect for uh, the type of contract that he signed with them. I don't really love his quarterback situation. So um, you got Emmanuel Sanders who steals a lot of thunder from him. Uh, it's just. There's not he's I want him he had the potential to be an ace number one wide receiver, right? A top five AJ Green type wide receiver. And he's just not gotten to those levels, and it actually seems like the potential seems to be decreasing year after year. So I'm jumping off of this train right now. Yep. I agree. I test for me, I've had him on my team, and it's just it's it, it seems like it should be better. There are some stats out there. Thomas um, could become the eighth player to have six straight seasons of 80 catches and 1,000 yards. Only eight players have done that. So he's not. When you're drafting someone that high, what is 80 catches and 1,000 yards really worth? We're talking about what you're going to get from Jamison Crowder, who's being drafted 15 to 16 slots lower. I got you. But what I am saying is, at a at a wide receiver two slot, you know what you're getting. Yeah, you know what you're getting. So as as we've spoken before, and I think as you mentioned, maybe on Crowder or another player, it's like there's certain spots within the fantasy football draft where you're like, you know what? I'm not shooting for the stars here. I want this guy to chip away and get me eight friggin' points a week. And those eight points a week, plus all these, uh, you know, explosion highs and lows and peaks and valleys guys is I need that. Cause we can't on teams. You and I both talked about this in the show. Whenever we go for the stars and the upside on every guy, it's like we have huge weeks, but there's a lot of losses. <laughs> right. Well, in the same time, it's also about how's your team constructed. So, where yep. he is, he's going as the 18th wide receiver, but um, there's going to be some guys, there's going to be a lot of teams out there who have drafting him as their wide receiver one. So it's, yeah. I can be yeah. in a situation where he's my wide receiver two. Actually, on my team, I like that a lot better. But I, I don't I don't even, to be honest. I believe. Because I, I want think- the explosion out of that wide receiver two. Absolutely. Or my wide receiver one, which agreed. If you take a running back or something else, you're, he's not a wide receiver one. He remember last year in the, in the, um, I'll tell you in the, uh, uh, blog talk radio, our wide receiver one was Demarius Thomas. And I drafted other better players where Demarius wasn't even starting for us by the end of the season. He, he, he should be better. The the new coach Joseph is calling him out and saying, Hey, you've got to be better. Uh, but, those bubble screens are the only are his bread and butter in all honesty, and he plays much smaller than he is. I'm I'm a, I'm I'm not happy with the guy either. So I I completely agree. Um, for me, bottom league loser, Ty Montgomery. I mean, there wouldn't they wouldn't have gone out the Packers and drafted three running backs <laughs> if they thought the Ty Montgomery, a guy that still wears number eighty eight and is a small wide receiver. I just. 
I don't get it. And I think when you look at him and his ADP, people are like, and Stags is one of them. Stags likes likes Ty Montgomery is twenty. He's fifth round, early fifth round. He in a twelve man league. He's the twenty second running back taken off. I just. I played against him in the first round of playoffs, and he smoked me, and I hate the guy ever since, so maybe that's it. It was like a pickup that week. But he's not a running back, and he's not going to be there very long. Here's here's Stagg's statement. Uh, Montgomery, at the very least, will have a role as uh, the third down back, forced a ton of missed tackles, and his yards after contact uh, among best in the league. Jamal Williams is a jag. Yeah, but that, but again, they also drafted Aaron Jones. They also drafted uh, another guy. They're creating so much competition that a lot of these guys may be Jags. Ty Montgomery, we'll see if he. I don't know that he can stand the test of time. I, I you know, it was the whole question: what position was he actually going to be last year? And he only really became a value if you could use him in like some multiple deals. I agree with you. They drafted all these running backs. They're giving someone else a chance to, to, to come in. They don't believe in the longevity of a Ty Montgomery. So maybe they think that you can use him and they're going to burn him out. But I think he's also got potential to uh, not make it through the whole season. And it, I, I'm not saying I think Montgomery's terrible. What I think could also happen is Cobb could get banged up again. He seems to be injury prone. And they're like, wait, we've got three other running backs who we just drafted. You know what, Montgomery? You're our slot receiver. And it, he's going to have a role, but it's not going to be a running back. And it's kind of annoying that a, a guy, and I remember I was pissed off last in last year's playoffs, that a guy with number 88 can be a running back within certain leagues. And it, it, let's figure it out. That guy, Tom Montgomery, is not a running back. He's not going to have a full season at running back. I just, anybody that picks that guy and he's going to go pretty early, I'm going to kind of in my mind be like, bad pick. And I feel like I'm pretty, I'll, I'll be right on that one. Um, all right, let's go to uh, someone for you. Um, let's go to your Delaney. Yeah, we've talked about it, so you can quickly kind of roll through it. Look you know, close to this show being over. Yeah, Delaney Walker is my last one. I, you know, just guys that I just think that you're drafting, thinking that you're going to get a better performance out of. So again, even though he's ADP seven, which is uh, uh, Stags' comment to me, fine. But it doesn't matter. You're still drafting him in like the fifth round or sixth round, and if you're drafting him at that point in time. Um, I'd rather be drafting a wide receiver and waiting and grabbing a couple of the other tight ends that are that are further down the road because that becomes this is where it becomes important for me why it's a league loser because it's the guy that you go back to and you go and you look at the draft board and you go why did I pick him when I could have picked him 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 or him and I think that's what's going to happen with Delaney Walker is that when whoever drafts him they're going to go back in their draft. And they're going to look at the next like twelve, next eleven players that were taken until, or however many players until they picked again, and they're going to go, "What was I thinking?" Well, here's a question for you along those, and not to put you on the spot, but if Delaney Walker's going seventh, uh, do you like Martellus Bennett um, at eight in Green Bay now? Do you? We know you like Henry more than him, uh, Hunter Henry. Um, do you like? Rudolph more than Delaney. I'm just trying to get a sense of in in if you're on the draft clock and yeah. you're sitting there, do you, would you rather wait for these other guys or are you going to take uh, Delaney early seventh? 
No, I, I'm not going to take Delaney Delaney there. I'm 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 going to wait because, um, you know, again, I'll I'll wait back for you know, definitely for Hunter Henry. Uh, that's a guy who I who I want. Look, Zach Ertz, I can get in the eleventh round. Uh, I'll I'll wait and I'll take a chance by grabbing Jack Doyle in the twelfth and then grabbing um, uh, Evan Ingram in the thirteenth. You know, or Austin Hooper in the fourteenth. I, I, I can't think believe Ebron is on my list, mix, and Ebron's going seventeen. I can mix and match it. I can mix and match it. That's awesome. All right, we're done with your bottom four. I think we've talked about a number of guys here, so we're pretty like literally like a minute away from being done with this show. Mark Ingram, I talked to you. I think he's a loser guy. I think he gets traded, and then he's a jag. He's a whatever. Um, Emmanuel Sanders will give Stags a little input, and I think it's important. I've just never been an Emmanuel Sanders fan. I don't like the quarterback situation. Um, if it's uh, semen or whatever, Simeon. <laughs> uh, but Paxton Lynch, Paxton Lynch seems like he's going to win this job. I like Emmanuel Sanders a little bit more if that's the case, because I think Sanders is a, more of a long ball threat, but. Here, here's Stag Party's little uh, vignette on Emmanuel Sanders. Wide receiver 34 at ADP right now. Sanders is currently being drafted as the 34th wide receiver. He finished at that in his last season in Pittsburgh. Hasn't finished a year in Denver at less than wide receiver 20. And is basically discount Demarius. Agree with that point. So, um, But I do think that He's not a guy on that team. I just I'm not I'm not sold on the offense of the Broncos. I hear you. Uh, Emmanuel is is uh you know I've been a big Emmanuel Sanders fan. I called it when he went uh, initially to to Denver that it was like going to be the huge blow up. I like him. I I, I kind of agree with what Stag says. It's you, you know you're not having to invest a ton, but. I had him last year, and I and I and it's he's the best wide receiver that's available in my sixteen team league, right? I I would have been able to keep him for fifty one dollars, but I'm deciding to spend my money elsewhere. So if that tells you anything, yeah, I think he's just a vanilla player at this point. He he kind of delivers above where you're grabbing him, but it's not the sexiest thing ever. So I like sexy. Um, Mark Ingram mentioned that I th- I like AP. I think he's going to trade in the last one for me, uh, bottom four league losers, Sammy Watkins. I like some of the points Stag says, I just, in that situation with his injury prone situation, I've been burned in three years in a row by just buying in and doing it last year. He destroyed my fantasy teams and he was healthy. There was no issues. He was going to be the Sammy fourth pick, and he destroyed my teams. Um, I'm out. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I mean, I, I, what did I have, Sammy? He was uh, – I had him as, as an implosion. So I'm with you. Yeah. All right. Well, this is a good show. We're rocking in here at uh, just, uh, just under – just about three hours. Good times all around. Houdini, man. I miss talking fantasy with you. It's always more fun when we're together because me and you are ribbing each other and ha- throwing back some Valverde's and uh, quizzing, quizzing each other yeah. in the face. Yeah, ja- being joking around or 
pissed off at each other and like want to be at each other's throat. That kind of energy is is more fun in person. You're, uh, but in all honesty, love you. Uh, glad to uh, have done a show. Sorry for you listeners that we took a few weeks off, but we got sort of uh, a lot of other content in stow. Uh, a lot of great things happening in Pyro. Just a lot of great things happening. And we will be doing this show every week between now and probably through the end of the season. Uh, so we're fired up to do it. Houdini giving you a fist bump through the uh, little Skype window. Good stuff. Good night, buddy. Let me see your little, let me see your little fella. Oh, little munchkin. I had to wake him up. He was just sleeping. Oh, little munchkin. Oh, the, the, the hair thing. The, your hair is not the same. Oh, there you go. There you go. Uh, Daisy's in the other room. I have to lock her up because she gets uh, fired up. Podcast, podcast, Houdini, love you. Love you, Biggs. Good Big stuff. Guys. Love your audience. The music, if it works, it, the music is going to be <coughs> the Jokers, and the intro is gonna is Sabra Dance, and the outro is Taboo. But since we're doing this show remotely, sometimes it's hard to install that music. Dini, so it's not, check it out. <laughs> so it's not, you should check it out either way and don't be like, hey, there's no music. The reason why, post-production, music was hard. Anyway, love you, buddy. Good stuff. Pyromaniac.com. Join PyroPro. Buy our draft kit. Keep listening to this podcast. We've been doing this show longer than anybody else that you're listening to. That's a fact. We love you. Laters.